Welcome to the first free two hours of the BingeCast on the Binge Media Podcast Network. All of our listeners receive the first two hours of the BingeCast for free, while premium members receive the full binge. The entire four-hour show available exclusively at patreon.com slash binge media. And they'll get early access to the show 24 hours before everyone else. For only $5 a month, premium members also get access to exclusive shows, drinking shot recipes, and our monthly happy hour on Discord. Sign up at patreon.com slash binge media to join us today for only $5 a month. And now, the binge cast. No, I, am, I truly am serious about the gym shorts, though. It's weird. And so I got home from this fucking volleyball match. My roommate, his girlfriend played college volleyball. So I'm very excited to, like, shit on volleyball whenever I can. <laughs> so I get in there, and I was like, yo, volleyball is fucking, that's a weird culture. Get them fucking shorts. Get them gym shorts. The shorts they're wearing is gross. And she was like, no, we need those shorts for speed <laughs> on the court. And I was like, uh, I, I know that's not true. I watch the NBA. <laughs> None of you are moving as fast as, like, a ref. <laughs> and those guys are wearing, like, slacks dress shoes for some reason she was like no we need those shorts the tight shorts they're essential she compared them to like a helmet in football I was like I know they're not essential because I googled the uh, the special olympics volleyball team all, the, all of a sudden those shorts weren't so essential for them what's that about how baggy do you think they're? They look like the fucking and one mixtape out there. The binge cast just downloaded the show fucking so fast. It's four hours. I better get a bigger glass. Art is gonna be up all night. Moreno probably drinking Tito's with a taco. Jim Law just called Luke a fucking asshole. Where the fuck is Ammon? Sucker. Playing his long game, it got a nada. Movie freak likes Battlestar Galactica. And Gary likes the Phantom Menace. Nate P. The last time he called was amazing. What'd you watch this week? What's your rating? And TM fucking loves Jon Snow. Welcome to the binge cast. Uh, this is the free binge. If you want the full binge, subscribe on Patreon. Five bucks a month. That gets you the full unedited show with uh, all the bonus content that we provide you on a normal basis. Uh, I'm Jack Valley. I work for Binge Media and I'm joined today by Step Chad. Chad C. What's up, man? Hey, fella. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I t- we haven't been on a binge cast together in a long time it's got to be maybe a year maybe over that i don't know right like, two years i'd say I th- maybe 
I was thinking about this earlier today. I think maybe when we, you and Alex and I, like right before Once Upon a Time, we did our uh, Tarantino characters ranking, I sure. think. That sure. might have been the last one. So over two years, July of 19, maybe. So Wow. Holy shit. Yep. Well, well, the last two years don't really count anyway, so that's fine. But um, Yeah, so uh, BingeCast, uh, the normal, uh, you know, the usual suspects are out this week. So they asked us to step in and uh, provide you all with some glorious content. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, Patreon, five bucks a month gets you the full binge. This week, the full binge is going to be a commentary for the Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago, director's cut, featuring Ammon Gilbert. So you definitely want to check that out uh, if you're on the full binge right now. Well, just stay tuned. Once uh, Chad and I are done here, you will get that show. So congratulations, and uh, good for you. So um, Get Ammon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that guy, he, he, he's been popping up a bit lately. I don't know if that's a combination of just like... His uh, lifestyle changes, or uh, I don't know. Pete's just willing to stay up until five a.m. for him to start a show. So, but it seems like I've done a I've done a few of those horror commentaries at like twelve my time. It's one a.m. Pete's time. So, hey, yeah. good on him. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you brought up horror. So, there were, I did have a question for you before we kind of get into the main show here. So, um, obviously, we just got through October. We're you know coming up on Thanksgiving this week in uh, in the states. Um, Obviously, I've been ripping through a lot of new movies this year. Stuff to, uh, you know, stuff to that's that's new to me. I tried to do Thirty One Days of Horror. I kind of stuck to only that kind of stuff. And um, did you happen to check out any new horror films that you thought were notable in uh, Halloween season this year? Man, not really. <laughs> I mean, I was really boring this year. I, uh, I I just rewatched a lot of my favorites. Really, I mean, I. I didn't venture out too much into the the new stuff, but yeah, I just I just really went to the old classics and you know the Universal Monsters. You know, I've been telling you before, Air Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, the original Dead trilogy. I just yeah, sure. I, I just kind of kept it uh, pretty simple this year and just stuck to what I knew, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been a hectic fall. I've been moving and getting shit figured out and traveling a lot, but yeah, I just stuck to the classics this year. Yeah, I'm so. definitely going to be looking forward to once this year is over. Getting back to just like comfort food movies, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, good uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood viewing is in store for me. I've been itching to do a Breaking Bad rewatch, so uh, we'll see nice. where we end up at the end of it. But, uh, well, yeah, so, um, Chad, as you know, there are a bunch of shows on the Binge Media Network, and, uh, you know, we uh, usually have a way to uh, round it up and give you a listen to what you missed on the past week. You want to hear it? Let's do it. There we go. Here's what you missed this week on the Binge Media Podcast Network. The Full Binge. The next film is Road to Perdition. Tom Hanks is, is hot right now with, with Finch and with Jim Law. So I think this, that, that helped a little bit. Oh, fucking Tom Hanks. Badass. Badass gangster. You got Daniel Craig. Hot off the bonds. Right? He's in here too. You got Paul Newman with his salad dressing. He's in that shit, too. Jude Law, photographer. I'm going a little <laughs> high on here. I'm going on 10 for fucking Road to Perdition. <sighs> Fuck you, Pete. How about that? Here's the thing with this movie is that and it's like Law let off with. He loves to clamp on to all-star cast. And is Road to Perdition great because he's in it? Or is it because of the ensemble? 
It's definitely the story. Great story. But that ensemble, I mean, you got Tom Hanks, you got fucking Paul Newman's dressing. Those two alone should be enough to give it a high score. It's a on 10. Oh, you fucking son of a bitch. Yes. edged me out, you motherfucker. Let's do it. God Let's see, Let's see it. if it paid you, off. You, you Jizz Law, help me out. Come on, Jizz. Now, I don't want to I don't want to go out and say this is Jude Law's best role. I don't know if it's his best performance, but it's easily his uh, coolest character. This is Sam Mendes' best movie oh. he's ever made. Uh, I oh. love this film. Give me that. I oh. actually forgot a little bit about it while I was rewatching it this week. Yeah. And... Uh, it only added to my score. Uh, I, I can uh, definitely uh, say this moved up in my all-time list. Uh, oh, yes! While watching uh, it. Give it to me! This past week, no. Road Trip Edition is in... Oh, yes! 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 Fuck! The Binge <laughs> Sportscast. Lord, I was born again Oh, there it is. We're back, folks. We're back to doing what we do best, picking winners. Picking out of our Week 11. We're through 10 weeks. PJ's 13 and 17. I'm 13, 16, and 1. We went 1 and 5 week 10. It was a horrible week. We were doing pretty good up until the last couple weeks, so we're going to change it up and get back to basics, back to where we grew up, back to where it all began. That's the Brothers reference. (laughs) Monday Night Picks. I think well, I'm going to have to go first. Are you even looking at the lines, PJ? I am. I just I just oh. opened them per usual. So. All right. I'll go first. Yes, you will. TV Roundup Commentary. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Season 11, Episode 4, entitled The Watermelon. Now, Woody Harrelson, he's, he's super hippy-dippy on the regular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that speech was obviously fake in the beginning. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I hope. Yeah, I, no. You know, sometimes I don't know what this. Sh- I don't know yeah, what they're it's working true. on. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you knew this was coming too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now, how we get to the farm? Oh my god! Because you're like, of course, oh, this, this is going to be a thing, right? That's every episode. Yeah. All right, this is going to be a thing for this episode. How how we get there though? It's so fucking mind boggling. I, I I have to. I think I'm going to continue to harp on this through yeah every commentary until Larry gets the fence around his pool because that was from the first episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I just can't believe that they didn't throw one up just for the the continuity of it. But maybe it'll come back into play like in the finale because he never got it. Oh, he's got Classy Azul back there on that liquor tray. I think that's uh, Hendrix Belvini. Brecken, uh, what's that? Breckenridge. Breckenridge. Nice. Good eye. (laughs) (laughs) Bunch of alcoholics. Oh, what does he got on his bar card? (laughs) To listen to the full binge and other exclusive content, sign up for the Binge Media Patreon at patreon.com slash binge media. And now, back to the show. I'm not going to raise my voice. Because I'm committed to the Lord. 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 Nice. Uh, yep, so uh, full binge, five bucks a month, patreon.com slash binge media gets you a lot of that content, plus the new Curb Your Enthusiasm commentaries, regular movie commentaries with Pete, my Jack Attack Tuesday shows, and a bunch of other exclusive stuff that we will be dropping in the future. So, um, all right, Chad, you want to just get into it here? I mean, we got some Google Voice. You want to hit Google Voice or what? Well, yeah, but first, did you want to do a little Parksense promo? Oh, Parksense. Tell us about Parksense. So, as you know, Parksense.com uh, has all your favorite 
uh, theme park candles. It's got the Pirates of the Caribbean flume. It's got the E.T. Extraterrestrial Adventure. All that fun stuff. The Wizard Beer for Harry Potter. But if you use our code BINGE20, you get 20% off your order. And it looks like right now, uh, you spend 50 you get free shipping. Spend 100 you get a free candle. So, I mean, okay. use that code BINGE20, even more so. And, yeah, they've got, like, a gingerbread candle for the holidays now, it seems mm. like. So I'm going to be placing an order as soon as we get off this this podcast here tonight and dock it up for the holidays the the value of a candle now that we're in like you know you know this but we moved into a house now that we're in a Mm -hmm. house the value of a candle when like you wake up in the morning and let's say you didn't take the garbage out the night before and it had raw chicken and now (laughs) there's just a problem oh yeah oh god candles are the best they're just phenomenal what better always burning what better scent to fill your kitchen with than the et ride I mean, come on. But. Right. You can't beat it. Can't beat yeah. it. It's good shit. All right. Uh, Google Voice. Do it. All right. Let's call Google Voice. Ah, let's call that Mexican. Yeah. Let's call P.M.C. Yeah. And that drunk Canadian. Oh, maybe I'll call Seven No. Eight four six nine five four six. Suck on my balls. Just suck my fucking balls. It's an underrated sounder, I think. That's a that's a <laughs> lovely, lovely creation. All right, uh, seven zero eight four zero six nine five four six. That's the number. You leave us a voicemail. We play it on the show, and we flame the fuck out of you. Um, all right, we have a bunch of voicemails today. One was actually sent via. Electronic mail. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Chad C, but uh, I think we're going to play that one first. So let's start it off with the one received by Electronic Mail. Hey, Bingers. It's Nate Peterson, the the, the guy from Great Britain. Um, I know that guy. I'm not proud of that. Uh, you yeah, be. So I hope you're all well. I know Jack's on the show. Don't know who else is, is there, but... Um, yeah, a lot's been made this year about Pete and the stuff he enjoys and the fact that he taps out of stuff. And, you know, I, I, I think it's getting a little bit out of hand. Um, you know, Pete, you do you, baby. Um, <laughs> that's a quote from Big Mouth. Uh, yeah, so you do you do what you want, mate. You, you watch what you want. You don't watch what you want. It's, you know, it's frustrating when you, you know, you don't like a show. I like, but hey, you're a human being with different emotions than me. So be it. Um, but it does lead me to a question for anyone else who's on the show that isn't Pete. How long do you give a show? To hook, maybe not to hook you, but when's your, when's your sort of cut-off point? At what point do you think this show isn't going... I, I know, obviously it's subjective. I'm sure there are some absolutely awful pilot episodes out there. But do you... You know, what's your what do you think is your sort of rule of thumb that you want to give an episode? Uh, want to give a show? I, I I tend to think three episodes. That still could be too short, but you know, you might be more or less. Yeah, what's your what's your, what's your, what's your best bit? Uh, <laughs> All right, Nate. Oh, oh, you had a little extra at the end there, son of a bitch. Um, all right, Nate P. Thanks for calling in. Um, yeah, so how many episodes before you tap out of a show? Um, hmm, 
Chad, why don't you go ahead with this? Let me think about this for a minute because I don't okay. know if I have a straight answer here. But yeah, I, I think a lot of it depends on how long uh, the season is. Maybe um, like if I know going in that the, the season is eight episodes. If I get three episodes in, I'm you know I'm gonna finish the the fucking series at that point. Um, I, we might talk about this a little bit later in TV Roundup because there are a couple of shows here I checked out that I don't know if I'm going to be sticking with. Um, but, yeah, I, I really just think it depends on uh, the episode count almost. I, I, there's a, And I'm also really bad about TV. I'm, I'm way more movie than TV. Uh, it's been kind of well-versed on this network. Uh, I just I, – I feel like I, I, I watch TV more week to week, honestly, than I binge it. Um, so like succession right now is perfect. I just I'm week to week and I'm kind of in there with it, but yeah, yeah, I think it's just case by case with me as far as my TV watching habits go. What about you? Yeah, uh, it's tough because there's been some stuff that I've tried and I pretty much know from the first episode that I hate it and I just mm. don't look back. Um, but then it's funny because I talked about only murders in the building recently and. Only Murders in the Building, I enjoyed all the way until the last five minutes of the finale when I realized, oh, they're just going to bait us for a second season, and I tapped the fuck out of that show. Ugh. So, I feel like it's a it's a moving target for me, you know? Um, yeah. I will say, though, and I even did it this week for the show, but I definitely, with so much stuff hitting streaming services now in terms of, like, quote-unquote, television... Mm-hmm. I am doing a lot more of like, let me just sample the pilot and see if I go any further these days. Gotcha. Um, for instance, one of the ones I watched and I actually liked from a few weeks back when I was on another binge cast was uh, Brand New Cherry Flavor. But I haven't gone back to it because I kind of am not ready for that sort of like, you know, David Lynch light kind of thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um but that, I don't know, maybe I never get back to it. Maybe that was also a tap out. It's a tough, it's a tough thing to answer. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been so many shows, too, that I've, like, I'll get a couple seasons in, and then I'm just like, no. But I, you were pretty similar to that with, like, Westworld, right? You oh, watched, yeah. yeah, you watched the first couple seasons, you're like, yeah, I'm not going back to this. No, no, that, that yeah. show can fuck itself. That's, that's, a, <laughs> that's an idiotic show. Idiotic fucking show. <laughs> But, I never uh, kept up. I watched the first and never went back. So I didn't even yeah. hate the first season. I just didn't feel the need to go back. So. Yep. Nope. You don't yeah. need to. So, <laughs> uh, All right. Nate, thanks for the call. Uh, nebulous answers, but that's just the way it goes. So, All right. Let's see what we got next. Hey, guys. Uh, good show this week. Uh, Pete, I don't know about your theater luck, man. Maybe, uh, maybe to break that curse, you should just go barefoot into the movie theater. So at least you're looking at your own feet, right? All right, so here's my question for you. What was the last new 10 on 10 that you remember giving? The last new 10 on 10. I don't think I've ever heard Pete ever give out a 10. So for me, I actually can't figure out what I saw first. So it's, uh, it's both The Irishman and Jojo Rabbit, same year, same time of year. Both perfect tens when I saw him. JoJo has definitely stood up. Irishman, I've only seen the one time, but uh, the car just went past. Uh, <laughs> Irishman, I just kind of feel like it, I just I remember it after seeing once, and that's really a great sign of a ten on ten. So you don't have to answer right now. Take your time, reflect on it. This is the last ten on ten, new ten on ten that you saw. 
All right. Uh, I'm sure that I've said something on this show and gave something a 10 on 10 that was new since this movie I'm about to mention. But the last one I can remember for sure is Mad Max Fury Road. Um, 2015. That's six years ago, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of something in between then and now that was perfect 10 when I first saw it. Uh, I'm not sure. I I think Alex took mine. I I remember doing a binge with Law, and I gave The Irishman a 10 on 10. Um, And that was 2019. I think maybe earlier that year I gave Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well 10 on 10, but I honestly don't remember. I might have given that a 9, but I I do know for sure I gave Irishman a 10 on 10. So, Alex, you fucking took mine, dude. God, (laughs) fucking guy. well, that's actually an interesting question because it's that is something that for me changes a little bit over time with ratings. Yeah. Like, because Hollywood to me is a ten now because mm-hmm. I watch it so much and you know everything about that movie. I just, I just love that movie. Um, mm-hmm. Irishman, I love Irishman. Irishman might still be a nine for me. I, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd probably have to watch it one more time. But uh, yeah. but yeah, there's there's just stuff out there that that. I don't know. Your opinion changes a little bit as time goes on. Um, but I just remember coming out of the theater from Mad Max and just, I just felt like I'd, I'd been slapped in the face with just the freshest movie I'd ever seen, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's a, it was a masterpiece when I saw it. It still is. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. But. I remember I watched that in 3d for the first, like the first time I watched it and I was still like as shitty as 3d is. I was still like, that was a really good movie all around. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, obviously nothing in 2020 or 2021 has, has hit that mark. Uh, 2020 is not a real year for movies, though. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I think... I'm, I, I'm trying to trying to quantify oh. this, but I do feel like now, of like, Endgame feels like a 10 to me, but I, I don't know if that'll last. But I also mm-hmm. don't know that I went 10 when I came out of it, so... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Gems I think, is probably another one that's like. Yep, I was about high. to bring that. Up. Yeah, twenty nineteen. There's a, there's a handful of really good movies in twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah, Irishman. Those were my top three. Irishman, What's What Time in Hollywood, Uncut Gems, and Parasite. Those were like one, two, three, four. Twenty nineteen is an underrated movie year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Fuck. We had Lighthouse, Midsommar, Knives oh, Out. That's right. Jojo oh, Rabbit. Knives Out, dude. Knives Out. So I I think I was on a binge cast the weekend that I saw Knives Out because that weekend I saw. I, I saw Irishman on Saturday morning. I saw Jojo Rabbit Saturday evening. I saw Knives Out Friday night. And I think Sunday I squeezed in one more at the theater. And I remember, like, for some reason, the only one that didn't stick with me was Jojo Rabbit at the time. And I was like, okay, that was good. But, like, I was just overwhelmed with the other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've by far watched Knives Out and Jojo Rabbit more than The Irishman. So, I don't yeah. know. It changes, but. Probably doesn't help that it's fucking four hours long, but yeah, you know, you know. Um, all right, thanks, Keen. That was a good one. Let's see what we got next. Hey guys, it's Alex again. Oh shit! Um, oh. I just want to give a, a big thank you for continuing to do the uh, curb commentaries. You've only what done two? They're already out of this world, amazing, super fun, really fast and quick. All the things that you know I want from a commentary. I'm a, I'm a late joiner to Curb. I think I joined at like season 10 and watched seasons one through nine, uh, belatedly. So 
I'm really fresh to it. You guys are adding so much to it. This is making so much fun. So if the listeners out there who's not on the Patreon, I would definitely recommend five bucks just for these is uh, worth the price of admission. So good shit, great work, and uh, looking forward to more. See ya. All right, yeah. I could second that. Curb comms are a lot of fun. So good shit there, good shit. Um, all right, it looks like we have a three-parter, and uh, let's see let's see what this is. Well, what's going on, boys? Billy Good Times here uh, with another edition of Lost in Translation. Uh, this is going to be Star Wars-based. So let's do one and make three calls total. Uh, you do three of them in random order. On the first phone call, three on the second, and then on the third call, I will uh, tell you the correct answers. Uh, okay, so basically he's going to trying to remember the game from last time he played it with the other guys. He's basically going last to, week, right? Yeah. He's going to describe in like a really shitty way. One of, he said the star Wars movies mm-hmm. and then we have to guess what it is. I believe so. Yep. All right. Yeah. But uh, I, I was messaging Bruce about this too. Cause he had told me, he, he gave me some, uh, forewarning about these voicemails. So All right. let's, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Let's see what happens. So without further ado, um, the first one, the power of Lucas's owner is Skyweiss and hopes to be the first search for a fight. What the fuck? Dude, I, I'm going to be really bad at this, dude. I, <laughs> right, I'm going to be I, really bad. Can I, not, can I not scroll these? Oh, you're fucking kidding me. Doesn't let me scroll? Hold on. We're making a change because fuck this. Fuck this. Hold on, uh, let me just throw a fucking sounder on real quick. That's not the sounder I wanted to play. Man. <laughs> Sounds like some uh, shameless self-promotion there, Jack. Yeah, uh, it's definitely shameless. <laughs> uh, come on now, where are these? Where are these? Uh, yep, there were voicemails. Yeah, because there's no fucking way we're going to be able to uh, do this without scrubbing the file. So let's see here if this loads up proper. Are you hearing that? No. No? Okay, hold on one second. We're doing this live because fuck editing. Uh, let fucking, me just go. Fucking raw. Fucking live. Let's do it. Raw. That's right. That's right. Here we go. Here we go. We don't edit on binge, okay? Well, some of us do. Uh, you hearing this? <laughs> mm. uh, this is going to be Star Wars yes, based. So let me do one and make three calls total. Uh, you do three of them in random order. On the first phone call, three on the second, and then on the third call, I will... Uh, Tell you the correct answers. Uh, so without further ado, uh, the first one. The power of Lucas's owner is Skyweiss and hopes to be the first search for a fight. Okay. I mean, the power of Lucas's owner is Skyweiss and hopes to be the first search for a fight. Um. Uh. <laughs> Dude, I this is gonna be fucking dead air shit. Oh, this like, is rough. this is rough. Okay, the the power of Lucas is what? Did you say tower or power? Please play file. Why are you not playing? <laughs> this, is, this is gonna be absolute shit show. Sorry, Bruce. Uh, but you get DP team here. Uh, so without further ado, um, the first one. The power of Lucas's owner I think it's power. is Kyle and hopes to be the first search for a fight. The I'm, power I'm... of Lucas's owner is Skyweiss and hopes to be the first search for a fight. 
Um, I'm just gonna fucking say like Return of the Jedi. I don't fucking. I'm gonna, yeah. zero. I have no clue. I'm just gonna say a fucking Star Wars movie at this point. Yeah, I'll go with Attack of the Clones on that one. <laughs> uh, for the second one, we have when the killer is looking, the app returns home. The target page is a great galaxy error. So again, that is when the killer is looking, the app returns home. The target page is a great galaxy error. Um, I'll go with Rogue One. Looking. I'll go with Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go with fucking uh, Last Jedi, Episode Eight. Why the fuck not? You know, everyone's favorite movie. Okay. And for the third one, we have Find My Princess and My Grandfather, Experiment with Skywa, Luke for Free, and Save the Galaxy, Galaxy Band. Again, that is Find My Princess and My Grandfather, Experiment with Skywa, Luke for Free, and Save the Galaxy, Galaxy Band. Um, I will call back with the next three. I'll go ahead and give you a thoughts on those, and I'll be My right God. Back. All right, so I feel like this one might be obvious. So I feel like it's a new hope based on yeah. what he said. I feel like I agree with that. <laughs> well, because it's like princess and grandfather or something. Yeah. Like, uh, and and saving the galaxy, yeah. It mentions right. Luke. Experiment, I don't really know, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with that. We're going to go with that. All right. All right. Same. I'm going with that too. All right. All right. All right, next voicemail. All right, so second call. Here goes the next one. Um, Flash Father thinks that the elite becomes blind. Sayed Yoda Lucas railways can be people who are not limited to each other. Again, Jesus Flash Christ. Father thinks that the elite becomes blind. Sayed Yoda Lucas railways can be people who are not limited to each other. Okay. I'm going to say The Phantom Menace because it's making reference to somebody being blind and and that and, and that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like this, the diehard Star Wars fans are just fucking screaming right now at us. Um, cool. I'm, cool. I'm, I'm an original trilogy fan only of Star Wars. Um, I'm going to say Attack of the Clones just because you already said that one. I'll, I'm just going to I'm writing them all down, which ones I've said so far, so. Oh, good. I'm glad somebody is, because I sure as fuck am not, so. Uh, the next one. In addition to Santa and June and B. Polly Quinn, for those who know that children are innocent and innocent. In addition to Santa and June and B. Polly Quinn, for those who know that children are innocent and innocent. I'm just going to say Revenge of the Sith because of the children, right? They the, the, the mm. kill, the, the kill all the children. <laughs> I, I like I, that. I'm, I'm, dra- I'm grasping at straws here. I like that. I'm going to go with Solo because it's the shortest title. So, Okay, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> um, Next one. Mad. Lucas Skywalker must try to make his father's power. Recent Montan partisancies together. Again, that is, Lucas Skywalker must try to make his father's power recent Montan partisancies together. And because I'm an idiot, I actually included the last Jedi in these as well, because uh, that was my initial one I was using, so I'm going to have to add another one in here. <laughs> and the last one... Okay, hold on. So, okay, this last one, 
I'm gonna I'm actually gonna say Return of the Jedi for this one because <laughs> it says Lucas Skywalker's father and the only movie where that's relevant and the audience would know Darth Vader's his father would be Return of the Jedi. So that's my thinking. Okay. I'm gonna say Empire just because. And also, uh to add some context here, Bruce I'm gonna read my message. He said uh I'm an idiot. Instead of my first call, there was six. I actually did seven. It's episode one through six and The Last Jedi. So seven and nine are not in this, and Solo and Rogue One are also not in this, I don't believe. So. Well, I guess I'm losing a few of these. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think he sent me a similar message, and uh, I'm just remembering it right now. So cool, cool. <laughs> All right. I feel like my odds are the same as yours, though, either way. Oh, so. definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's let's see what the last one is. is identifying military soldiers with Picarpin and serious clothes. Again, that is identifying military soldiers with Picarpin and serious clothes. Um, I will call back with all the answers. All right. I'll, I'll go Empire on that, even though All I'm pretty right, so confident that's call. wrong. Whoa. Here goes the next one. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Stop, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Stop, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, the only one I haven't gone with through one uh, is, what, Phantom Menace, right, I think? Okay. So I'll go with that. Why not? All right. All right. Okay, let's listen to Bruce's finale here and find out just how royally we fucked ourselves. Oh, very much so. All right. Really good time for you again. This is the final call with all the answers, so if you're reading this part of the transcript, stop now. Uh, but here goes. So the first one, the power of Lucas's owner is Skywise and hopes to be the first search for our planet. That is The Last Jedi. The original mm-hmm. translation was concerned about how strong she is. Luke Skywalker guides Rey as she trains and develops her powers in hopes of assisting the Resistance in their fight against the First Order. Uh, the second one, when the killer is looking, the app returns home. The target page is a great galaxy error. That was Attack of the Clones. The original plot summary was while Mm. pursuing an assassin, Obi-Wan uncovers a sinister plot to destroy the Republic. With the fate of the galaxy hanging in the balance, the Jedi must defend the galaxy against the evil Sith. Uh, Third one was New Hope. The transcript was, find my princess and my grandfather, experiment with Skywa Luke for free, and save the Galaxy Galaxy Band. The original was, Princess Leia gets abducted by the insidious Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker then teams up with a Jedi Knight, a pilot, and two droids to free her and to save the galaxy from the violent Galactic Empire. The next one, Flash Father thinks that the elite becomes blind. Sayed Yoda Lucas Railways can be people who are not limited to each other. And that was Empire Strikes Back. Darth Vader is adamant about turning Luke Skywalker to the dark side. Master Yoda trains Luke to become a Jedi Knight while his friends try to send off the Imperial fleet. Uh, the next one, in addition to Santa and June and B. Polyclin, for those who know that children are innocent and innocent, that was Phantom Menace. Mm, Jedi Knights, Gligon, Jin, and Obi-Wan Kenobi set out to stop the Trade Federation from invading the Boo. While traveling, they come across a gifted boy, Anakin, and learn that the Sith had returned. The next one, Lucas Skywalker must try to make his father's power. Recent Montan partisans seems together. That was Return of the Jedi. Lucas Skywalker attempts to bring his father back to the light okay. side of the Force. Okay. At the same time, the Rebels hatch a plan to destroy the second Death Star. And finally, identifying military soldiers with Pike Carpin and serious clothes was Revenge of the Sith. 
Anakin joins forces with Obi-Wan and sets Palpatine free from the evil clutches of Count Dooku. However, he falls prey to Palpatine and the Jedi's mind games and gives him to temptation. Hope you enjoyed those. Let me know if they're too hard. Um, and uh, we'll chat soon. Bruce, outstanding effort. Um, oh, absolutely. Okay. So this, I, this is hard. It, <laughs> you got three, though. You got three. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, it's, I got it's, one. I got a new hope only, and that's the same one you had. So, yeah. So it's definitely a tough game, but it's a. I, I like the game. It's a good game. Um, I think just my in general, my uh, my my general stupidity towards like word games and wordplay mm. really kind of fucked me there. Yeah. But at the same time, I really like that. That was pretty cool. So definitely call in with more of those because those are those are good. Bruce, if I might make one suggestion, suggestion though. So, yes, you can send voicemails, but it would appear that there's also a way to send a voice message that might be a little bit clearer. That would be fucking money on these because the wordage is so fucking strange. But, yeah, I actually I love this game. I want to I play this again with another franchise. Like, I, Star Trek would be great for this because there's, like, fucking 12 Star Trek movies. So, um Awesome. Yeah, I'm All really right. bad at games like this, so maybe the new G3 are better. Call, <laughs> call in with them, okay? And I can, I can get right. better answers because I'm... All right, you got a thumbs up, thumbs down. You can't hope for anything better than that, so... All right, let's uh, grab another voicemail. Hey, boys, it's Bunchy. How's it going? Happy voicemail goo palooza section of the show. Hmm. Finally got around to watching Shang-Chi. I'm going to call it Shang-Chi because the only reason they changed the name after 60 years to Shang-Chi is to make their crime with Sean. Um, <laughs> you know what? Decent movie. Formulaic is all hell. It feels like uh, feels like almost every other first introduction type movie that we got. Everybody's saying it was amazing, wonderful. Um, it's fine, which I guess is Marvel. I mean, it's, it's fine. It was what it was. Um, yeah, actually really disappointed that it was just that way. Um, maybe if I saw it in a theater with a crowd, but chilling at home watching it, not impressed. I mean, it, it didn't even rise to the level of Jungle Book for me, which is a pretty disappointment. So oh, Shang-Chi, I don't know, six and a half on ten. Oh, shit, Jack's there. He's going to throw a fit. I'll give it a seven just because, <laughs> you know, it looked pretty. And I like Simulu from uh, Kim Convenience. Great fucking show on Netflix. Also, The Wheel of Time, episodes one, two, and three dropped. Clearly, I'm a huge, huge fan of the books. Brought it up multiple times. Uh, obviously, some changes going on for the series. Some people are going to throw a fucking hissy fit. But being that some of the main characters don't get developed until, like, books four and five, people aren't going to be waiting around for that shit to happen. So, hey, they changed some stuff up. Uh, it works really well. The series is nowhere near as adult as Game of Thrones, so people hoping for that are probably going to be disappointed. But it's a uh, pretty badass uh, action. Not really sword and sandals yet, but uh feels a little more like Fellowship of the Ring, um, which is, you know, kind of what the first couple books feel like anyway. So I'm not going to spoil anything. Some people will love it. Some won't. Uh, it's already on a season two, so this is a 14-book series that they're making. So it's not like this shit's going to wrap up in, uh, in six, seven episodes. So if you're not down for the long haul, 
I don't think anybody would really get into it. It'd be like getting in Thrones for just season one, not knowing anything. It's a long slog. But I'm glad I finally finished that this week. So, fuck Sansa. All right. Hope it's a great show. Bye. You played a lot of side-scrolling platformers. You'd understand what they're doing. It's basically what he just said, but in book form. <laughs> uh, I did not get to this yet. Wheel of Time. It was on the docket, but I didn't. All get right. To... All right. Well, well, I have a, I have a little bit to say about Wheel of Time when we get there, but uh, but yeah, actually, so the Wheel of Time thing. A lot. This is a few years back now. I I can't remember how. Maybe I posted something on Facebook when they were starting to make the show or bunch did and i responded to it it was something but i know that he's a fan of this because i reached out to him to ask him like what the series is about a little bit because i was going to start the books way back when i never fucking did it um for no real reason just i don't know didn't get to it yet but uh but yeah well i'll save that conversation for a little while from now so all right uh, a few more voicemails looks like we got uh yeah we got three more so here we go what up, binges, stepchildren? Oh. It's your boy, the Duke, and I'm of Ghostbusters Afterlife. All right, so in the last couple of years, a retro's been done, everything. Yeah, I went back and I revisited. I grew up a Ghostbusters kid. I wanted the toys. I remember the magazines, the cartoons. I really loved it. I wanted a proton pack. I wanted a trap, everything. As I got older, I've gone back and revisited them, and I don't understand why I love them so much, to be completely honest. Uh, even some of the humor and everything uh, is a little dry to me, but there's there's some charm about them that I really um, still connect with, and I, I'm actually one of those ones that really like two, and maybe that's a factor. I know a lot of people hate that one, and I think it was just Vigo as a kid was super scary. Anyways, which is interesting because let's go to Ghostbusters Afterlife, um, which is a sequel to the original ones, but it almost, I'm not positive, and Chad, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it's a direct sequel to the first one, as in they almost seem to ignore number two. I'm not going to go into it, but it, it does feel like I don't believe there's any mention or anything of what they did in number two versus what they did in number one. <clears throat> uh, Chancy in the group on Discord, again, join Patreon for $5 a month, be a part of Patreon and get into the Discord group where they do monthly um, live specials that you can sit in and interact. Uh, mentioned that this is very much Force Awakens, and it is, um, to the point where it's a retelling. I'll just cut it off here and just say it hit all the right story beats for me, the score was reused in a great way. How they honor, honor Harold Ramis and everything, um, to me, is just pitch perfect. I had a great Boiler. time. I even brought a tear to my eye, not going to lie. Solid 8 on 10. Great movie-going experience. Suck a baba dick, stepchildren. Wow. I don't know. I've been B team, but we're the stepchildren now. I mean, I know I'm a stepchild, but that's the first time for you, right? I don't. I don't know where Chad D gets off uh, <laughs> labeling me as something like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't have much to say outside of uh, next voicemail because uh, I'm not responding <laughs> to anything that guy said. 
What up, Look at you guys. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. No. And I'm calling uh, with an anticipated movie. Oh, cool. All right, next voicemail. Playing experience and a book review. Um, so it's no question. Um, I am an unabashed. <laughs> Is that a real word? Unabashed? Um, like... <laughs> Hold on. We're replaying that. What up, I'm an unabashed. We need to clean. I'm calling. Uh, with an anticipated movie-going experience and a book review. Um, so it's no question um, I am an unabashed <laughs> Will Smith fan. Um, I take a lot of hate. I feel like sometimes in the group, and or at least a lot of people like to tell me how much they don't like Will Smith. I think particularly probably from started about 10, 12 years ago. When people say he was shoving his kids down our throat. Anyway, Will Smith came out with his memoir called Will, uh, I think last week or the week prior. Um, and I bought it ahead of time. I also got the audiobook, Driving 40 Minutes Every Day. And it's him reading it, which is always a plus in a uh, memoir, biography, autobiography, when it's the actual person. Um, it's got music edits in it. It's, it's really well done. I will say this. Whether you love him or hate him, I think it's a really good book if you're at all interested about him. I think it's undeniable the dude has had uh, incredible work ethic. I think him and Tom Cruise, right, are two of the more polarizing movie stars of our generation. And I think truly movie stars. You might have DiCaprio in there as well, but... Without a doubt, Tom Cruise and Will Smith are pretty much untouchable on what they've done in spans of their career when it comes to box office. And so I've always admired Will Smith. Um, you know, grew up on The Fresh Prince, and then, you know, I remember seeing Men in Black and going back and doing Bad Boys and, and just everything, always watching everything of his career. And so I'll just say the book is good. Um, it gives you insight into a lot of those things that I think a lot of people give him hell for and how he's kind of reevaluated and his new lease on life and trauma that you may or may not have ever realized he dealt with in his life. Um, if, you know, insight into what it is that made him who he is, acting a little bit behind the scenes and a lot of personal life things. Um, it, it, it's a good read. At least I would give the audio book a listen because uh, it is him reading it. Um, I'd give that also a solid 8 on 10, uh, just because I'm not a super big reader, but I am a big fan of his. So I'm probably biased, but check it out, uh, Will Memoir. And so the anticipated is I'm really excited to watch King Richard this weekend, um, just because there's a lot of buzz behind his performance and hoping that he can lock up uh, a win finally even though I guess what does an Oscar really mean anymore? Who knows? Uh, unabashed, 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 unabashed. All right, so I got that one. Who's the fucking stepkid now, bitch? Okay. Yeah, so, fucking beautiful. Um, all right, so Will Smith. What? All right, I got some things to say here. What, what's, your, what's your opinion of Will Smith? I like Will Smith fine. Uh, I, I grew up, you know, Fresh Prince. I liked the Fresh Prince. 
I'd like the men in black. Uh, he's fine. He's, I, I never was a fucking, I didn't love Will Smith. I think Big Willie style might have been one of my first CDs, though, to be honest. Fucking, Same. Same. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, I kind of, like, fell off after I grew up. Uh, Chad D. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just, I didn't really, he's fine. I like Will Smith. He's a good actor. Um, but I, I'm not a fife like Chad D. appears to be. Kind of interesting, though, that he says he's such a fucking diehard, but he chose to go watch Afterlife in the theater before King Richard, huh? Huh? Interesting. Eh. Mm. Very interesting. interesting. What about you? Are you, you a big Will Smith guy? Um, so I, kind of the same as you when I was a kid, yeah. Um, Man in Black was huge. I mean, that's, I think to mm-hmm. this day, that's still one of my dad's favorite movies. Just, you know, perfect mm. popcorn movie for him. Sure. Um, you know, uh, I remember seeing Wild Wild West in a theater. <laughs> um, yeah, I had all the different Will Smith albums, Big Willie style, Willennium, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, Willennium, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I, I gotta say, I just, I don't really like the guy very much. I think at a, at a certain point, he kind of missed the boat and was stuck in this mode of like 90s film, like like 90s movie star mode. And he uh, never kind of morphed into something else when he could have. Um, and now he's, like, endorsing these original YouTube series about him, like, strength training and documenting his <laughs> life. And it's like, that—that that has got to be the most conceited fucking horse shit. First of all, you and your kids fucking suck. All right? You, you do. And your wife. Like, you're, you're all just annoying fucking people. I'm pretty sure... They contribute to the Church of Scientology, or at least they've shown up at events for Scientology and then denied that they were there. So there's that, <laughs> too. But here's, you know what, let's take that out of it. Let's take the personal side out of it. I'm going to le- read you a list of movies that Will Smith could have been in, okay? And uh-huh. he turned down, all right? so I was about, Yeah, I was about to get this. He, he's in his head too much a lot of the time. But yeah, go. go. Yeah. Okay, so first up, Boys in the Hood, Rush yeah. Hour, uh, Snake Eyes, whatever. The Matrix. He was the first mm. choice for Neo in yep. The Matrix. Neo. Mm-hmm. Um, Osmosis Jones, whatever. K-Pax, whatever. Phone Booth, uh, which would have been a great movie for him to do at that time. You know, yeah. serious R-rated drama. Yep. Uh, Superman Returns. I don't know who the fuck he was playing in that. Uh, Django Unchained. He decided yeah. not to work with Tarantino. Um, not family I, friendly mean, enough. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I guess he also turned down a role in Independence Day too, but whatever. Um that's my problem with Will Smith is that I don't think that he knows what kind of star he he wants to be. Like, look at the the last two films I just mentioned. So he had an opportunity to work with Tarantino in Django and do something totally different and unique and interesting. Turned it down because he said, right, too family friend, friendly. Mm-hmm. But then he also turns down the Independence Day sequel. Like why? Like are, you're either the movie star or the actor. Like you're not, you can't really do both. Few few people can actually do both, right? When Tom Cruise shows up in a movie, he's a movie star. When George Clooney shows up, he's a movie star. Okay. When Oscar Isaac shows up, he's an actor. It, it, there's a difference, and I feel like Will Smith doesn't understand that he's a movie star, and he should have leaned into that more. And now I, I feel like the the boat is just it's already left the station, you know. Um, I I haven't seen this King Richard movie. I could have watched it for this week. I decided not to because I don't have two and a half hours to give to a fucking Will Smith movie these days, you know. <laughs> just, just don't have it. Um, 
I wish the yeah. guy was in better movies, but he's just not on the reg. So I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah, I mean, let's look at his last like five before King Richard. Bad Boys for Life, whatever. It's a big box office. Spies in Disguise. That was kind fun. Of- I'll give I'll give him Bad Boys three. That was a fun movie. Sure. Yeah, it's fun enough. Gemini Man. Ooh, God. no. Uh, Aladdin, Bright, Ugh. Collateral Beauty, uh, Suicide. Well, I guess to his credit, though, Suicide Squad in 2016 was a huge hit. He wasn't in the sequel, and it was a fucking giant bomb. Granted, we're in a pandemic, but I guess he can always put that, like, hey, I wasn't in that. <laughs> so, Right, but yeah. that's another one. That's another one, though. He de- he he decided not to return for the sequel. So, like, what? Are, what like, like, make up your fucking mind. Like, you yeah. want to either be the superhero movie star guy or the actor. And again, it's like, you were in the shitty Suicide Squad movie. Like, <laughs> regardless of the money that it made... People respect James Gunn's Suicide Squad far more than the other one. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. So, like, I, I just feel like he, yeah, you, you kind of said it. He's like tooing his own head about shit, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get. I just don't get it. I mean, Django would have been, he would have been per- honestly perfect. I, I don't have anything against Jamie Fox, but I, I mean, Wolf Hall is fine. But like, I think he would have been great as Django, and there would have yeah. been totally different role for him turn. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Django was nine years ago, I think. Um, yeah, 2012. Yep. Dude, think about the career he'd have now if he was in Django, right? That mm-hmm. was an Academy Award winning movie, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Tarantino. Obviously, the, the, the credibility that that would have bought him with the rest of Hollywood. And I, I, yeah, I just feel like his his career is fine as a as a personality and as a movie star. But up to a point, it falls off. And then... I don't know. It's just he's not what he what he was, and I think now, like like I said, he's got at least one, maybe two, fucking YouTube channels where like they'll make an episode out of them throwing their son a birthday party in like Malibu, and it's just like you fucking people. Like, why do you think anybody wants to watch this? You know, like is this the the best best shape of his life? youtube thing or whatever because he got like chubby during the pandemic and he was all like depressed and then he's like all right i'm gonna document me getting in shape so yeah it's kind of cringy like who (laughs) the i I mean chad d are you are you going to watch that like who the fuck is that for i mean i I don't fucking jerks off to it aren't they okay you know he does (sighs) the only thing that gets the pages that and more sticky it's if (laughs) if every one of those videos gets a million views at least a hundred grand of those is uh chad d so (laughs) all right last voicemail let's see what we got What's up, BingeCast? It's your boy, Warren, from Jersey. Uh, So I'll start with some uh, reviews. So uh, wife and I watched Lock and Key, um, season two. Pretty much sort of flew under the radar. Uh, I would argue it was a little bit better than the first season, uh, only because they definitely are going against expectations from the source material in the first season. So you were first couple episodes you're really excited about oh the world's going to start building and then you realize what they're focusing on and it was fine there were some good parts season two was a little more fun there were some stupid parts like any show that's kind of whimsical in that nature and they are way off the source material now so uh i don't know if it's because they're moving forward but they added some bonker shit to tie into season three it's interesting though it was fun i, I would probably give it like a like a six on ten. There's some good parts in this that's really fun and some very clever ways of telling a story because obviously the key you can do magical stuff. Uh saw the Eternals. 
uh, not let down by it, but just sort of like, okay, you know, like, I, I don't know. There was some silly stuff in it that I just really didn't understand their choice, but I don't know. Overall, I thought I had a good time with it. It wasn't anything out of control, uh, but it also wasn't like as I, I think I set kind of high hopes for it. I, I was pretty hyped that Chloe Zhao was making it and things like that. So, yeah, maybe maybe like a soft six, but probably more like a five on ten. It was just kind of eh, it was just kind of fine. Uh, still watching Chucky, uh, the sci-fi show. Um, it got a little lull, tiny bit, but not enough to tap out. But the last, the most recent episode was actually quite good. Uh, Jennifer Tilly and uh, Brad Dora's daughter, I don't know why I can't remember her name, but they're basically officially tying the movies to the show. And they have their, like, Jennifer Tilly has her own thing that's going on. It's, it's pretty fucking fun. And it's just good to hear her voice again, even even in her 60s. She's just fun as hell, and they're just having a great time. So fun to watch that. I, I'd still recommend it. So I guess at minimum it's a six until it's over. Uh, now, as for a question, if I saw correctly, uh, Jack uh, Smash Valley and Chad C are on. Around this time last year, gentlemen, we were recording some movie homeworks. Uh, but speaking of movies... Uh, on a recent Jack Attack Tuesday, Jack was upset about narration in Dune. I challenge you, outside of, like, Shawshank and maybe a couple others, but what do you guys find movies that have good narration? All right. So I can throw a Bubba Dicka. Later. I mean, um, good, I've got two, Goodfellas I've got is number one, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> of two. So so you said Goodfellas. I'll say the other one, Fight Club. I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, yep, yep. Any any story that you have with an unreliable narrator, if they use it correctly, can can be interesting. Um, I, the okay, so the movie is a little bit fucked up in, in that even the director admits that they screwed up the ending. But um, I would argue American Psycho's narration is is pretty decent um, for what it is. Um, yeah, those are those are. The, I can't think of any others. Can you think of any others off the top of your head? Uh, um, no, I mean, I mean, Taxi Driver, right? Travis Bickle, a little bit. Sure. Adaptation. Uh, Adaptation's a good one. Adaptation, yeah. I mean, if you want to go fucking holiday movies, Christmas Story. I don't know if your thoughts yeah. on that, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. classic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Goodfellas easily stands out. I think that's. It, I don't. I'd add so much to it with him, uh, fucking Henry, talking to you the whole time, and yeah, it just, it just works. That, that's easily my number one. So I mean, along those lines, too, the sections in not that they're they're well, <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched it, but the moments in Wolf of Wall Street where he's talking to the audience mm, are yeah. are kind of good. I don't know if I would necessarily call it narration, although it is for some scenes, but I don't know. Unabashed it. <laughs> Eternal yeah. Sunshine's got some too, right? Eternal yeah. Sunshine a little bit. Yep, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um the opening of of uh Fellowship of the Ring has a little bit. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah I got to think about it. I got to think about that, that one a little more yeah, Warren. But I mean Goodfellas. Warren. God. Yeah, God, Goodfellas is number 1 on that list. I mean it's it's not easily. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's not close, but all right, uh, 708-406-9546 is the phone number. Again, you can leave the voicemails. We will flame you. You can ask us questions. You can try and make fun of us to uh, Chad D's ultimate uh, cost. Unabashing it. And, uh, yeah. Honest right. fucking stepchildren. What a dick. Stepchildren. What the fuck? I've, I've embraced it, okay? I'm the stepchad of the fucking network, but still. Come on. You can't call Jack. 
Motherfucker, okay. you're talking about Binge Media's first employee, okay? <laughs> fucking step back, all right? Um, all right, so we don't... Uh, I don't have a sounder for this. I'm trying to trying to see if I've got something I can... Oh, well, can, that, uh, dude? this thing was ungoddamn believable. I, I might... have had some exquisite pieces of meat <laughs> in my time. That's Is Kupka back? He's back? <laughs> no. Um, uh, you want, a you pee would... break? I'm not yeah, going to lie. I, yeah. It's already an hour in and I got to pee. So Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. All right, let's do this and then we'll come back. All right, another drink too. You want a pee break, sir? I need, I need to pee at least. You guys... Oh, for fuck's sake. I have a suggestion. Can we do a quick pee break? Yes! Have you got the pee break or do I got the pee break? I can do it. You got it or... I got it. Here we go. Rises high, but nothing hides the sound it makes when it hits your thigh. It'll dry in just no time. Pissing on your thigh. Pissing now. A lot of piss came out of my penis. Pinch cast all night. I love Thick, right? Fuck your mother. Hey, girl. Ooh, can I get that first? Nice. You just beat me. God damn it. No, I didn't just beat you. I've been here for about five minutes. <laughs> Before I start drilling, how big is it going to be? I have had some exquisite pieces of meat in my time. I love dick, right? I'm stabbed. I was going to say, um... <laughs> what did you just say? It's piss-provoking. You played a lot of side-scrolling platformers. You'd understand what they're doing. I'm going to die. How can you die when you're dead? Because women show their tits, have short skirts, and then they feel violated when I look at them. Ah, so hmm. much fun. So much fun. Beautiful. All right. <laughs> um, this, uh... What, what are you drinking tonight, Jack, before we get into the next... Oh, I, so I was doing some uh, G&T before, and now I'm just hitting the high life, you know, old reliable, right. so... How about you? Uh, I just cracked my first, uh, the Pete MC, Red Bull and uh, vodka and a pint glass here, a little, a little double, got some white claws, fucking my extra white girl tonight, you know? Hi, girl! It's gotta happen, Hi, okay? Yeah, yeah we did, uh, <laughs> did a Pete MC when I was at PMC's a couple weeks ago, it was very, uh, it was very nice, gave you a lot of energy. Kept you right. spry throughout the recording. You know, it's good shit. Good right. Shit. I'm ready for it. We're an hour in. I'll pee probably like 10 more times, but let's fucking do this. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. All right. So um, you actually suggested that uh, maybe we do a little tra- trailer roundup because a lot of stuff came out. Um, yeah. And some pretty notable stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad it's the two of us on here because I feel like 
the uh, the first trailer we're going to talk about. Um, well, you and I are, are obviously uh, you know genre fans and um, fans of older cinema, and this this is a this is a remake. This movie, Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Um, mm. So it's got Bradley Cooper, looks like Willem Dafoe, Kate Blanchett. Uh, is it one of the Maras? Rooney Mara, maybe. Rooney, yep. Yeah. Um, looks like a few others, if memory serves. Wasn't Tony Collette in there too? I think. Yeah, Richard Jenkins. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's got a deep, really deep cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. What you, you think of this, man? I, I I liked it. I thought it was interesting, but uh, what'd you think? Yeah, same. I mean, I, I really like it. I mean, Guillermo, I'm pretty much there for. He's one of those directors. I mean, Shape of Water, for all its faults, I still enjoy that movie. You know, the fish yeah. fucking movie. But I, his something about his gothic uh, style, I just, it kind of, it works for me. And so, I mean, yeah. His follow-up to Shape of Water... Deep cast, like we said, trailer works pretty well. It's it's. I like the trailer too. It's like an, a minute and a half. It doesn't like give too much away. Yeah, kind of in and out. I think it, looking at the IMDb here, Tim Blake, Nelson, Ron Perlman, David Strathairn, and Clifton Collins Jr. I mean, the other cast is fucking Jim Beaver. <laughs> cast is wow. crazy. Wow, that's so. that's awesome. Yeah, Ooh, excuse me. I, I think yeah. it looks good. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you just you just mentioned something that. I I think it's an interesting thing to talk about. So obviously, like we're in the bag of this. Was it December seventeenth? I think it drops. So mm-hmm. um, definitely, definitely, we'll uh, we'll check this out. I, this might end up being a a theater watch. My, my theater experiences have become kind of few and far between now, just because um, I don't know. The year of watching so many new movies has kind of soured me on the whole idea of like having to rush out to go and see something opening weekend. Mm. Um, so I don't I don't know how that, if that's going to hold over time, and- but. Uh, yeah. So uh, it might change though, because Warner Brothers is now forty-five day window starting in twenty twenty-two. So for some sure, of the big Warner Brothers titles you might have to, unless you're going to wait forty-five days. Yeah, you know, but that's that's just the thing. I mean, I think I've become a bit more patient with this stuff. Really, this, this yeah. year because it just it's like yeah, you know, uh, you know, Ghost Ghostbusters, right? Ghostbusters. It's like if this were a normal year, I I would have already seen Ghostbusters by now. But now mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, well. Is Ghostbusters more important than like I don't know um, another Scorsese Clifford? movie that Clifford? I've been? Clifford? No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well like a, like a, like another Scorsese movie that I've been neglecting sure. for twenty years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thinking about it a little differently now. So we'll, gotcha. we'll see. We'll see. No. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. Viewing habits obviously changed. You know, a little bit. In yeah. Twenty twenty. Yeah. So. Um, but you said something that's kind of interesting to me. So we all have our favorite directors, right? Um, but I think that there's maybe a difference between a favorite director and a director that you are always, well, I guess it might be the same thing. Who are the directors right now for you that when you hear they're making another movie, you're there no matter what. Now, now granted, let's, let's have a caveat here. You have a lot more opportunities to go to the theater than most. So let's take a step back from that and just say, you know, outside of the fact that, that you, get to go to the theater more than 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 say I do, right? Um who are the guys or girls out there that when they're making a movie, it's immediately on your list, you're there opening weekend regardless. So, I mean, obviously we can cut out Scorsese, PTA, QT. Those are my probably my three favorite directors. I'll I'll just take them out of it. Um well, let's go like newer. Like the Safdie brothers are some of my new favorite directors. If they're mm-hmm. their next movie, I'm absolutely there for. Um 
uh, let's see. Let's, I mean, there's there's some, Wes Anderson. I'm a pretty big five four as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, if Carpenter was to make another movie, that'd be the fucking guy. Um, yeah. What I yeah, I mean, I Del Toro probably is there. I mean, he's on that list. Coen Brothers, of course. I mean, there's there's so many Spielberg. Uh, actually, not, maybe not the case anymore. I don't think Spielberg's made a good movie in like ten years. But in yeah. West Side Story, I'm not excited for it at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you? What, I just listed a bunch. What? I... Yeah, I mean, the, so the reason that I brought this up is because after Dune, Villain, you've kind of moved into oh, okay. that category well, for me. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, there are a lot of directors that I, I want to see everything that they do, and I follow them. But, man, the guys who are really getting me excited about movies consistently, like, it's always Nolan. Villeneuve sure. right now. Um, mm-hmm. You said the Coen brothers, yeah. And sure, take Tarantino, PTA, Scorsese, you know, take them out of the equation. The Safties are up there. Um, but yeah, I just... It, it, it's it's part of that discussion, though, because I think Del Toro is, is also in that category for me. Um, he's been interesting, and I feel like the movies that he's made, while he's done comic book stuff and... He's done horror. He's done Spanish language stuff. He really kind of leans hard into whatever movie he's making. You know, whatever whatever particular version of a genre movie that it is, he's one of those guys who knows exactly what he's trying to do and, and what he's trying to achieve. Um, I really like that about him. Um, I think Edgar Wright does something similar, but I think that they have different levels of success with it. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know, just... Just something I was thinking about while we were having that discussion. Sure. I mean, I think Inuri too would follow. He, he probably is on that okay. list as well. Okay. Um, yeah. I, th- there's a there's a lot of good fucking directors. Uh, Denny, yeah. yeah, Denny. As you said, Denny. Yeah, that's that's a given. I mean, he's. Yeah. yeah I, he's he's bad in a thousand in my. I, I don't think he's made a bad movie yet, which is fucking kind of crazy. I agree. Um, and, and you know, the only other guy that I'm thinking about now um, is Taika. I'm gonna be there for every mm. Taika movie. He's he's just on my wavelength that fucking guy so yeah yeah nice all right um a couple other trailers we were going to talk about uh first one is well it's kind of a big deal um i don't necessarily know what to make of it yet but um we got a trailer for a limited or i don't know a series we don't know if it's limited or extended or whatever on paramount plus for halo uh so there was a 20th anniversary halo commemorative event um, where they announced that, you know, Halo, what is this, 5 Halo or Day or whatever it was. Yeah, um, that it was going to go, for, you know, the, the multiplayer was going to launch early in beta and all kinds Infinite, of stuff. Right? Halo Infinite, right? Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite, yeah. Um, so full disclosure, I'm not a Halo guy. Um, I've tried every Halo game oh. when it comes out, and uh, I do not understand the appeal. It's not my <laughs> brand of shooter. Um, I'm much more of the Call of Duty flavor, but even that, with all the fucking Battle Royale bullshit, has kind of driven me away from those games. Um, but I will say, I played a little bit of the beta, it was good, whatever, this isn't a game cast. A TV show about Halo. I have no connection to this story. I don't really care one way or the other. If it gets great reviews, I'll check it out. Um, but this was like a 40 second teaser, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your background with Halo? Do you give a shit? So I fucking Halo one through three. I fucking was obsessed with back in the day. Like I absolutely loved them. Land parties, 
all that. I think Halo 2 is like probably the first like online game I played, uh, to be honest. Like, you know, uh, I, I, I loved the first three Halos. Outside of that, Reach 4 or 5 never touched them. Halo Wars never touched them. Uh, I, I did launch the beta this week, uh, Halo Infinite. And uh, it's, I'm not going to lie, the fucking music hit my headphones and it was all nostalgic and I got all the fucking warm, fuzzy feelings. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this show, though, ever since it was announced. I mean, we, we got Pablo Schreiber is playing Master Chief. Leave oh, Schreiber's really? little brother. Yeah, Leave Schreiber's little brother, Pablo, uh, fucking porn stash from Orange is the New Black. And ah, he's fucking we, Ziggy he's in, from, uh, was he Ziggy? From no, The Wire. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah you're 100% right. Uh, yeah, from the wire, fucking weeds. He's in weeds. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this show. I, I I don't know how I feel about anything that's going to Paramount Plus specifically because that's kind of like the, the as Chad D said, the stepchild of like the streamers. Like I don't know anybody that really has that <laughs> network. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I'll I'll probably give it a chance, but I, I don't have any expectations for it. I thought the thirty second trailer was kind of you know it was you, they show his back scarred up and then his like glove and then his fucking helmet. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it a chance for sure, but I, I don't really have anything. I'm not, like, most anticipated 2022. It's definitely not on that list, but I'll, I'll give it a chance when it, when it actually premieres. But outside okay, of that, so, no. so as a Halo fan, you know the story. You've obviously played these games. Does that teaser indicate anything whatsoever about, like, are those scars significant? Is this a different version of Master Chief? Is this like does it tell you anything about what this could be no 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 i mean no i don't think so i don't think no the master chief is always very you just don't really know anything about him the whole thing so if they're gonna go in backstory then i yeah that's probably gonna sour a lot of fans and i know some of my buddies that are big halo fans are already like what the fuck they fucked it up this guy's the i'm like what you never see his face like really i mean honestly i i played the one and two's campaign and i don't remember seeing his face if it happens in three or beyond it maybe but i don't i don't think it did but yeah yeah. Uh, no (laughs) so that's interesting though i have been playing the beta a little bit of infinite and it yeah it's very nostalgic to the the shooters but i get it totally because i have a a lot of friends are like yeah i don't get this at all it's just i'm just like chucking grenades and like it's not a not a realistic shooter at all which it's not it totally is not at all but that's kind of the charm of halo i think but (laughs) yeah so yeah oh i I, you know it's one of those franchises that like i don't i don't disrespect it at all it's just Mm -hmm. i don't i i can't deal with the whole like low gravity high jump um, oh yeah, yeah yeah all that all sure. that stuff is just i it's it's not uh like i said it's not quite my my brand of uh sure. poison when it comes to fps so totally uh, get it totally get it yeah but uh but yeah i don't know I, i'm kind of interested in whatever it is but um yeah you're, you're right i mean the only thing that's on paramount plus that i give a shit about is reno um mm. which i don't think there's a trailer for it yet but they did announce that they have a special coming out on the 23rd called The Hunt for QAnon. So, <laughs> yeah, I, think I saw a little bit. Of that. I didn't realize it was an actual thing. I thought it was yeah. like a joke, but yeah, that's funny. Hell yeah. I love Reno. I think I, I'm pretty sure I put it on my top 10 TV series of all time. If anybody hasn't watched Reno 911, go and fucking watch it. It's, it still is one of the great series. And the season that was on Quibi, it was a little weird at first, but you know what? They've still got it, and I hope that they're going to be delivering a lot more. Because those people, that that group, that comedy troupe, the state, every all the shit that they've done, they're fucking hilarious. Dangle is one of the greats. Reno. Dangle Go watch great. Reno if you haven't. <laughs> all right. So, one last trailer. Obviously, it's the big one. Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, 
I just felt so, Logan's boner poke through the mic when you said that. Hold on. Oh, my God. You know, just losing. Um, so, uh, all right. I know that you're not a huge Marvel guy. I think this past year has really kind of tested my patience with Marvel. I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I don't know that I need to keep up with all of it anymore. Um, the last two years really have kind of, kind of soured me a little bit on a lot of it. Um, but you know, Spider-Man is Spider-Man. Uh, Doctor Strange confirmed. Doc Ock confirmed. Still one of the greatest uh, comic book villains for me. I love Spider-Man too. Still love it. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Um, everything that's in this movie, I think just from from the perspective of how much they put into this trailer, I think this is one of those times where this movie is just chock full of Easter eggs and like storylines they don't want to give away until it actually comes out that despite everything they've shown, I think there's actually a lot more in this movie that, that we haven't seen, but oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I um, think even the trailer's what two forty five, and we, there's so much that's just kept from us. So yeah. 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 Um, I, okay. Not a huge Marvel guy. I mean, are you a Spider-Man guy? Do you yeah, care so, at all? Yeah. Yeah. I, Spider-Man and Batman are, I was obsessed yeah. with them as a child. Like, yep. I, I mean, yeah, Batman animated series, Spider-Man animated series. Yeah. Well, Batman Beyond, obsessed with all of it. So all of that, Spider-Man still holds a special place in my heart. I'm not a big Tom... I I like Tom Holland as Peter Parker, but outside of these Spider-Man movies, I'm not a huge uh, fan of this. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know, yeah, the fucking multiverse is all all opened up. We've got, you know, Jamie Foxx's Electro in this. You've got Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman. And, yeah, I mean, we know that fucking Toby and... Uh, Andrew Garfield are going to be in this movie, but obviously yeah. they're held from the trailers, which makes sense. But uh, I don't, I don't really get the people that are just freaking out that they're not in this trailer. It's like, why uh, did you really expect them to be in this trailer? I get, I don't, I don't. Well, I also the, don't. I don't know how much you're aware of this or not, but do, do you know about like the sort of maybe accidental leak two weeks ago that happened, and then like the backtracking of I it, don't, and now? No, I don't think so. Uh, okay, so. For those that want to know what is out there, you can find it if you Google hard enough. But um, one of the popular YouTubers out there, uh, John Campia, he's one of the, the movie review guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he tweeted out these two images that he, I guess, thought were fan theories and Photoshop jobs. Now, those images show some things that people think are in this movie. Um I would argue that one of them in particular was pretty much confirmed by this trailer. Um, But he immediately deleted it. I guess Marvel contacted him, told him to take it down, blah, blah, blah. And it was kind of a weird situation because this is a guy who is a nerd, right? And he always talks about how you wouldn't, he wouldn't necessarily want to spoil a movie for anybody. You know, he has kind of strict guidelines for that stuff on his show. Um, So he clearly thought it was something that it, it, it was not, right? Um, but now these spoilers are out there and most of the world knows that they're there and they're just acting as if they are factual. Um, you know, you alluded to one of them, but there's the, the other screenshot is like, is, is, is a monumental spoiler, if it's true. Um, something that I haven't seen really anywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. so, so it's, I just have a feeling that this movie 
despite what has been leaked and what's in that trailer and all that other stuff, I still think there's just a lot in this movie that they're keeping from people, and I'm kind of excited by that. Yeah, um, I, yeah definitely. Like, why? Why do you want all that shit spoiled? Like, I, don't, I just don't get yeah. the fanboys that are like, "What? Like, it's a fucking trailer, dudes. Relax." Exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, so what? Isn't that the international version of it shows the lizard jumping and his head is like getting punched in by clearly either Garfield or McGuire? Um, yeah. Have you seen that? Like, oh yeah, part of it. The, well, well, by yeah. somebody. I mean, nobody. You, yeah, you don't know somebody. Who it is, yeah, but, yeah, somebody. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, it's, okay. it's it's crazy. It's crazy the amount of like fervor over this, and it's clear. Like, mm-hmm. we're a month out from the movie. They're trying to not let anything out until the last possible moment. That makes sense, yeah. you know. And I can appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, this is going to be the biggest of all the pandemic movies in the last two years that have opened. This is going to open at easily the peak of all of the like. So I think it's what. Yeah, Venom. Let there be carnage is n- number one at ninety million. I think this will easily cross a hundred million. I mean, there's there's just so much anticipation. The the first trailer that leaked in August or that went up online was. But watched more times than Endgame in the first 24 hours or whatever. So oh, yeah. there's so much anticipation behind this. I think, yeah, this will easily be the highest grossing movie of uh, 2021. Not close, but uh, yeah, yeah, man, I'm also, excited. I'm pumped. Yeah, <laughs> you have to respect the balls of Sony throughout all of this, right? Like, mm. so Sony, despite the public wanting them to give the rights to to Marvel, they've never sold. They've never caved. Right when. Their franchise was uh, faltering a little bit. They asked Kevin Feige his opinion. He gave it to them. They didn't like it at first. And then they realized he was right. Then they get Spider-Man in the MCU, right? And they get to do all this stuff with the character so that he's in the MCU and Sony gets to spin off their own shit. And and they're they're correct in not needing Kevin Feige in Marvel Studios because look at what Venom just did. It wouldn't surprise me if Morbius does decent business, regardless of the fact it comes out in January, you know? Yeah. Oh, it'll, um, yeah. it'll do well. Spider-Man is like just a, it's a golden egg. And like props to the Sony brass for, despite everything that was happening, holding on to that for dear life. And now they're in a position to do whatever the fuck they want after this. Um, yeah. Well, I think Sony's also tapped into that. Uh, I mean, Venom has a very younger fan base, man. Like, it's a PG-13 movie, and, like, a lot of the... Granted, you know, we're fucking in our 30s now. Mid, mm. We're getting there. But, like, uh, kids are fucking loving Venom. Like, uh, it's something yeah. that I don't... I, I don't take that into account when I'm, like, watching a movie or anything. But, like, that's... It plays up on it. I mean, fucking Let There Be Carnage was huge, and they're, they're playing into the Sinister Six... You got Craven coming next year, Morbius, or oh, it's 2023. Craven is 2023, but Morbius, oh, okay. yeah, in uh, early in January. So yeah, I mean, they're building something here, and it's it's working for a certain part of the fan base. So yeah. hey, good on them. Yeah, can't deny it. But yeah. but yeah, all right, very nice trailer roundup. Uh, I think we're doing TV. TV, let's do it. All right. We got some shows for you to see it. You see, answer. True Detective is the shit you need. Fucking TV Roundup. Let's talk survival, weight loss, PM. Say hi to your mother. Now let's go talk about some TV.
Breakfast TV tonight. We got a TV We got a TV Um, so we were texting earlier, uh, earlier, well, throughout the week, I should say. And, uh, I think between the both of us, we have a lot of stuff. I have more TV than movies. Um, so where, where do you want to start? You want to kick it off or you want me to, uh, you want me to take the wheel here? You have way more TV, uh, than I do. I have okay. four, wait, one, two. Yeah. I have, well, yeah, I have four. I have seven movies and four TV. You probably have seven TV and four movies, maybe. I don't know. So, we'll yeah, figure yeah, it out. yeah, actually, I think that's dead on. It might, might maybe one under, but that's pretty good. So. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite get to all the stuff you did, but I did get to a little bit of it. So yeah. uh, that's all right. All right. Well, why don't you, uh, why don't you start it off then? What do you got? Okay. Um, I think you watched everything I did. So okay. I, well, I watched two episodes of Tiger King season two. I don't know. Okay. Did yep, you, I watched, you finish? watched the first one. Yep. Okay. Um. Completely unfucking necessary. Yep. Uh, I feel like it's just fucking. It, it feels just literally like a money grab. It's just jumping around, rehashing a lot of the shit from the first season. I, I really liked the first season. It was fun. It was one of my first like quarantine binges. Like I'm sure like yeah. everyone it was in, in the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it was. It was a really fun. Eight episodes. Uh, this is just. A, it's five episodes. I'm, I'm through two of five. I don't know if I'm gonna go back to the other three. It's just rehashing Carol Baskin's like fucking missing husband, and they're like trying to dig deep on it. And I just don't give a fuck to be quite honest. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I I didn't care. I, I didn't care at all. There, I, these first, I was on my phone halfway like through the second episode. I'm like fuck this. The first episode is really just like glorifying how all these like scumbags are like oh they're pop culture icons now and then like the last half of it is like him trying to get the pardon from trump um and then the second episode is just all about carol baskin's husband going in puerto rico and uh, i don't know were were you into the first episode at all or did you give a fuck I, i don't um i mean for me this is this is just top tier background trash watch um Mm, okay you know the first episode you know the things that i take away from this are are more on the people watching side of things Mm -hmm. so there's nothing to add to the story i know that going in obviously if something had happened we would know about it given the popularity of the first season so Mm -hmm. i kind of know going into this that this is just uh you know whatever i mean I, i did making a murderer season two a year or two after the first season, after it came out, actually. And I found it to be fascinating and frustrating, but there was a story to be told there. You know, he had a different attorney. That attorney was attacking things from a different angle. And, you know, where that ends up is similar to the first season, but there's there's stuff going on there. Um, the stuff that's going on here is, you know, we have the fucking jet ski paparanda from the first season uh, goes to his yep. buddy's house that's called the Sausage Castle to go and like record a <laughs> yeah, podcast. Like, yeah, he's like recording. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I mean that. And then the guy who's running the Sausage Castle is wearing a denim vest that is unbuttoned because he's about four hundred pounds. <laughs> tats everywhere. Frosted tip mullet going on. Mo- I mean, yeah, mullet mohawk or whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I'm here for. Okay, the, this 
This is just a, a peek into, again, one of my favorite things about all my favorite documentaries. It shows you a world you didn't know existed. I have no connection to these fucking people whatsoever. So, on a surface level, the you know, the only normal person in this whole thing is Carol Baskin's husband. He's the only guy in there who, despite the fact that he took some weird pictures with, like, him on a leash dressed like a cat. Otherwise, he seems to be a completely, like, normal... Um, respectful, supportive husband who's just trying to protect his wife from the bullshit she deals with. Uh, literally everyone else in this is either like a fucking swinger or a swindler or a thief or doesn't have two legs and still goes and pets tigers. I mean, it's just like the most insane people with the most insane lives. I, I'm just... I know I'm going to watch all of this because... I just want to see the insanity of, like, the trailer trash chic in this, you know? Um, yeah. It's incredible to me that it's, it's, I mean, true story, what is a true story? But, like, it's a documentary about people that exist. I'm fascinated yeah. by that, you know? Um, so, I, yeah, if you want to know more of the Tiger King story, I doubt that there's anything in here that's going to lead you down that path. Um but I'm just hoping that, you know, these episodes kind of go down easy and, uh, you know, maybe maybe it gets a meme or two. That's that's really what I'm here for. Yeah. At this point, I'm two of five in. So I'm going to finish this fucking season. That's that's where like with the Nate question earlier, it's like, I mean, at this point, I've already watched the first season and two of the five of this. So I'm just going to fucking and they're like 40 up 40 minute long. So I'll have it on the background probably and, and plow through it. But. I yeah it, it's it, I don't think it's even close to as compelling as the first season at all um but yeah I kind of I I go I knew it's 19 months later at this point so I, I kind of knew that going in of course but I actually forgot it even fucking existed like until like yesterday I was like oh shit that did go up on Wednesday I'm on the binge cast this week maybe I should watch a couple of those so nice yeah. All right. Very nice. Um, and then let's see. I I'm I'm not gonna bring. I, I'm watching the challenge. Fucking law and I can fucking talk about that. Uh, of course. And then I've got. I did Hit Monkey. I did two episodes of that. How many did you get okay. through of that? I did one of Hit Monkey. Okay. Um, I knew absolutely nothing about this going in. I didn't even know Same. he was a character. Like you said before, I'm not the Marvel guy on the network by any means. Um, but I had a pretty fucking good time with these first two episodes. Uh, you've got, uh, Sudeikis playing a fucking ghost here and a fucking monkey that's just martial arts trained and he's fucking shooting people and it's very violent and bloody and, uh, this is the kind of Marvel shit I can get behind. I, apparently he's a, a Deadpool, like, spinoff character, right? Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about him. Oh, so, okay. So I, I, I kind of gathered that by, look, yeah, doing a little research. He he apparently debuted in, like, 2010, uh, which, okay. of course, I was not reading comics in 2010 of Deadpool. And, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I thought the animation was really fun. I didn't expect this to be as violent and, like, crazy as it was. Uh, I'm I'm in it for the I'll, – I'll definitely – there's 10 episodes in this first season. They all went up on Hulu the, the, on Wednesday. I'm going to fucking plow through the other eight episodes of this. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I, I don't have any issues with Sudeikis. I'm not Pete. I don't fucking hate Sudeikis. I love Ted Lasso. Uh, I, I I think this is pretty fun. What did you what did you think about the first episode? Um, it, It's good, but I kind of feel the same way that I did about the MODOK series, which is also Marvel and also mm. Hulu. Um, it, it's 
it's fu- it's fine. It hasn't really grabbed me. Um, it hasn't okay. made me want to tap out. But at the same time, I think I'm getting shades of like my experience with uh, like Marvel's What If series, where uh, there was some cool stuff, but ultimately I thought that was kind of a dud overall. Um, I only ever watched the first episode of that. Yeah, and it's that's not a good episode. Um, <laughs> the uh, the hit monkey thing is like it's it's kind of fun, but also I don't really care that much for but for no reason like i don't i don't hate it i just it didn't grab me yet didn't grab me i think Um, i i've not watched it did you watch invincible i did yeah so i feel like this is listen i've read like half of uh the first compendium of invincible and i've not watched the actual animated like series of it Mm. i feel like this is probably pretty similar i don't know it's like very violent like there's a yep. lot of gore and like the second episode there's like a fucking arms being ripped off and heads being ripped off and very nice. bloody violent i'm not the anime guy by any means i sure don't give a fuck about anime stuff i'm sorry warren i just offended him really badly uh um, <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah the animation i think it works for me it's very much like saturday morning cartoony for me yeah. and uh I don't know. I, I don't know. There's something about this character that seems kind of fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which I can get behind, too. It's mm-hmm. something very different for the Marvel uh, universe, too. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy these first two episodes a lot. Uh, but, yeah, it's probably not for everybody uh, by any means. Yeah, I, I think I will give it another episode. Um, it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it definitely wasn't the most interesting show that I watched this week. I think that's part of it, you know, because, again, knew I was doing a binge cast so I wanted to get through a bunch of stuff. Um this this was relatively low on the list of of stuff that I uh stuff that I really enjoyed, you know. So it it was okay. I don't know that I gave it a ton of thought though, but probably deserves one more episode from me. So I'll do that. Um okay, and then uh I did uh The Shrink Next Door. Oh, yep. I did that as well. Yep. Okay. Um so this I did, is. Uh, I just did the the pilot of that. So okay, so I've watched I watched all four episodes. The fourth episode went up today. Okay, this is uh, all the episodes are directed by Michael Showalter. A lot of you may know him from uh, what is the uh, fucking Wet Hot American Summer and a lot of the, a lot of comedies. He uh, this is Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, um, Catherine Hahn. It, it's based on a podcast series. Have you listened to this podcast series at all? No, and I, I'm thinking I'm. I mean, just to show my hand, I'm, I'm going to watch this series, and then maybe I'll do the podcast afterwards, just because I kind of want it fresh from Farrell and Rudd. But yeah, gotcha. So yeah, so Will Farrell is playing a character named Marty. He goes to a therapist, uh, Paul Rudd's character. Uh, he, he's going through a rut. His parents have died, and he's v- clearly depressed. And he's running like a fabric company with his sister that was left from him when his parents died. And this, the guy that Paul Rudd's playing is like a, his name's Dr. Ike and they develop a relationship and it's very inappropriate. It gets really inappropriate, really fast. He like starts crossing boundaries and starts getting involved in his personal life. Um, this is kind of one of the first roles I've ever seen Paul Rudd that he's like the most completely unlikable character. Like he's a real piece of shit. Like I, you just, I really don't like him from the second. Um, I don't know, man. This this show is kind of strange. Uh, I, I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan. I love Will Ferrell. Anchorman's probably my favorite comedy of all time. Just showing my hand here. Uh, I, I love Paul Rudd. I don't know if the script is that good. 
okay. with this show. I, I feel like they're kind of sleepwalking through these performances a little bit. Uh, and it feels, I don't know, uh, some of it feels a little for. I think Catherine Hahn's really good in this show. Um, there's just, it's just really cringy in general. The fact that this actually happened in real life. I, I, I like you said, I, I, I almost wanted to like download all the episodes of the podcast and listen to this before mm-hmm. I even finished the show because it's, uh, it's 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 like a this predatory psychiatrist like preying on this dude who's like clearly he's got a lot of shit like not right and he takes advantage of him and from what I gather from the story it gets even worse. <laughs> it's an eight episode uh, huh. series. Uh, what do you think about the first episode though? Um, I I liked it quite a bit, man. I, I yeah. look I love the Paul Rudd. Um. Mm-hmm. We love the Paul Rudd here in this household. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Ferrell obviously is a fucking comedy god. So and, and Michael Showalter, dude, I'm a Stella fan from back in the day. So uh-huh. um, I'm I'm in the bag for Showalter stuff. Um, you know he's he's hit or miss as a director, but you know when he hits, it's it's pretty damn funny. Um, Big Sick from Fears goes pretty great. I loved Big Sick. Loved Big Sick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I like this this pilot. You know, it's it's kind of. Um, it's these streaming services really have it down with these kinds of shows. They know exactly how much story to give you. They know exactly how to hook you to make sure that you start watching the next episode immediately. Um, I had a little self-control, you know, I stopped and I I moved on to the next thing, but I certainly wanted to watch episode two right after the first one was over. Um, It's kind of the insidious thing about these streaming services is that, you know, this is a different conversation, but you know, a, a streaming series is crafted a lot differently than a movie is because they want sure. your subscription dollars no matter what. So mm-hmm. they have to make each episode compelling to a certain degree and make you feel like you've got to start the next one right away because otherwise the business model falls apart. I hate that with a lot of this <laughs> shit. Yeah, I hate. I really hate that overall. But you know, when the story is good and it's giving me a reason to show up again, I'm 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 okay with it. Um, this is yeah. a case where I'm I'm okay with it. I like what I've seen so far. I really like Catherine Hahn. I think that she's yeah, she's great. She's obviously had a really good year with like WandaVision, and mm-hmm. you know she's shown up in Step Brothers and Anchorman and all, all this shit in the background. Nobody ever paid attention to her. Um, glad that she's getting some notoriety now. She seems to be picking a lot of interesting roles, kind of across the spectrum of you know comedic and some dramatic stuff. Um, yeah, I I really liked what I saw. Um, I may even start up on uh, the next couple episodes uh soon so nice yeah so it's, i think it's an eight episode series so there's it's, four episodes have already they, they put up the th- first three last week and then the, the fourth one just went up today um yeah i mean i i yeah I, i'm excited to see where it goes that's mainly like the story itself is pretty compelling so even if i don't think the script is that great i'm uh excited to see where it goes at least because i i don't know anything about the story and paul rudd's a real piece of shit in this so i'll tell you as it goes on he's even more of a piece of shit than the first episode like <laughs> each episode he's just very cringy he's like dude this guy and, and like paul rudd is so likable and it's it's kind of weird to see him in this role so i like that alone mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, i'm i'm definitely this is like one of those i'm four episodes in i'm one million percent finishing this uh seeing how this and so yeah awesome. all right uh and then the last tv i have is fucking best show on tv fucking succession mm. yes uh, it is yes mm, it not is. even close not even close it is yeah. just like man there's a 
it's kind of crazy to me because I don't give a fuck about this, like the plot or the story of this show. Uh, it's kind of weird to me, I think, because I, I really don't care. Because I don't think that Jesse Armstrong, the creator of the show, I don't think we're going to get a season of like, hey, Kendall is uh, running shit or Shiv's running shit. I think it's just a matter of like, these characters are, they're not that likable, but the writing and shit is so good that they are likable and you care about them and you care about what's going to happen. But like, honestly, like I, we're we're halfway through season three here. I don't know where it's going, and I quite frankly don't. I don't care where it's going, but I'm I'm there for it regardless. Uh, I, I just well, we had the uh, it's the shareholders meeting this most recent episode, season five or yes. season three, episode five. Yeah, um, we got fucking Logan being piss mad, fucking piss mad king. He's just losing his mind. He's <laughs> got Tom taking it to the bathroom every fucking. Oh man, he's, he's I, having I, them remove imaginary cats from under his chair. Yep. Yeah. He's, dude, oh, he's, he's so good in this show. Um I I don't know. I love this show so much. I every I I watched there's not a show on TV that I've watched like I watch every episode twice. I watch almost every episode twice of this show. Mm. Like I it's that good. Uh, how are we not doing commentaries for this fucking show? That's, that's what I don't know. I thought that uh, we established that we were during that uh, Pete's Basement binge cast, but I guess nobody's doing them yet. So, well, we'll have, well there's only five episodes left now at this point. But either yeah, way, it sounds I, if like you're something not... we'll have to catch up on for season four at this point. So <laughs> it's the fucking holidays. Yeah, man. If you're not watching Succession, get the fuck on it. It's so good. I get the writing is so good. The characters are so good. They're not good people, but you care about them so much, which says something about the writing of this show. I mean it. It just kind of is what it is, man. What, what, well, did, what did you think about this fifth episode? Well, great a great example of what you're talking about is where this episode ends with Kendall waiting, essentially, for his father in like a <laughs> yep. hotel room for them to just come in and tell him he's already left. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, Kendall is a, is a piece of shit. Like, he's, he's, he's such a fucking douche, bro. But his, like, really subtle mannerisms and acting in that scene, yeah, you you really feel bad for him because despite the fact that these people are really shitty, I don't know. It feels like Kendall almost expected his father to show up and and maybe, maybe make things better or, or, or whatever. Like, like it, it just, you know, with, with all the complicated business shit that's going on between the two of them right now, I don't know. It was was a really nice piece of acting in, in a show that has a lot of really good acting in it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it. This is yeah, it's my favorite show on TV as well. I mean, we we talk about it at pretty much every binge cast. Like cousin Greg is still hilarious. Um, <laughs> I think the things that they're doing with Tom's character are pretty interesting. You know, it really seems like they're gearing up for him to uh, flip sides at some point. Yeah. Um, I you know the the whole dynamic of um, oh god, uh, fuck uh, Roman and. Um, Oh, uh, Jerry. What, yeah, Jerry. Like, <laughs> I mean, is that not the funniest fucking thing? So good. Um, yeah, it, it's chock full of great performances, and the best. The best thing about it, I, I think I said this on a voicemail a couple weeks ago to the to the guys, but um, Glengarry Glen Ross is what this show feels like to me because it's phenomenal actors that all have something on someone else, so you can put these characters together in different situations. And none of them are the ultimate alpha. And one of the things I've really liked about this season is that even um, 
Logan, okay, at one point, he is actually put in his place by Adrian fucking Brody. And I just love the fact that there's no... I don't know. There's no weak point in, in terms of the the character's relationship to one another. Everybody's beholden to someone. Even this guy who has the president's personal cell phone number still has to kind of bow down and make good with uh, like a fucking shareholder, you know? Um, yep. It makes for really interesting, dramatic stuff. And it keeps the show fresh. So, yeah. Love it. Love Succession. Yeah, it's just too good. I, yeah, I, I can't express enough. If you're not on this show, fucking get on it. My uh, one of my buddies who had never seen it before, like last this time last week, has plowed through the entire like series and he's caught up already. He's like, I never realized this was even a thing. Like, I fucking love it so much. It's so good. Oh, like, yeah, Pete MC'd fucking, it. Very nice. Yeah, he plowed through, <laughs> plowed through like Pete. Yeah, it, it's great, man. I can't can't express enough every sunday night it's like the first like i'm just waiting for it to show up on hbo max on my fucking app i'm like all right let's fucking do this plot yep do it <laughs> yep the soonest Fantastic. it shows up on sunday nights i am on it like fucking yep. you know even if i don't care if sunday night football's on i fuck it like i'm putting succession on right yeah. now fuck you know yep exactly um all right so any other uh any other tv for you that's that's the extent of the tv it's all you okay. from here okay so um right off the top i'm just gonna clean this one up real quick Finished the season of American Crime Story Impeachment, okay? Um, I have a lot to say. Uh, I'm going to start right at the top. Uh, the show is cast very poorly. Very poorly. Um, I like Edie Falco. She is not a good Hillary Clinton. I like Clive Owen. He is not a good Bill Clinton. I don't like Beatty Feldstein, and she's not a good Monica Lewinsky. So that's a twofer right there. And I think I fucking hate Sarah Paulson as an actress. Um I can't really describe to you why I stuck out watching this show as long as I did and finished the season. I think I realized about midway through that I didn't want to watch it anymore. But because I'm doing the the challenge for the year, I said, you know what? I'm not going to waste these five hours. So let's just do another five. Fuck it, right? <laughs> Maybe that was the wrong decision, but whatever. Um, there's some interesting stuff in here, but ultimately at the end of the day... It feels the same way that the first season of American Crime Story did, which was the OJ trial. Um, it's it's very lifetime soap opera. It's very kitschy and cheesy at times. Um, and in the case of the OJ show, so that came out. And then in very close proximity to that, we had the OJ Made in America documentary, which was, in my opinion, a fucking masterpiece. So... It was really difficult for me to ever go back to that American Crime Story season because the doc was so much better. Um, I really just wish somebody would make a proper documentary out of the Monica Lewinsky scandal because I definitely learned some things I didn't know about. I mean, obviously, we were we were young when this shit was going down. Um, but I just want to know the story. And I was really craving uh, coming away from this knowing that story. And I know it, but I feel like I don't. I feel like I also, um, there's just a lot of, like, political bullshit in here that I I didn't really care for. Um, yeah, not a, not a good show. You know, from the creator of fucking Glee and American Horror Story. uh, I mean, that's really all you need to know about this. It's, yeah, it's Ryan Murphy, man. He's all about the shock shit. That's why, like, I've heard some of these 
seasons are good, but I just haven't cared. Man, like I, I watched the yeah. first season of American Horror. It's it's kind of like you. I was like. Uh, I watched the first season of American Horror Story, and I'm like, I never need to watch this shit again. Like, I just don't care. Like, it's just kind of whatever. Like, he's just all about shock value, which, listen, I watched his entire series of Nip Tuck, and that series is shock value, shock value. They introduce a serial killer, and they're fucking, like, like, uh, plastic surgeons for fuck's sake. Like, that doesn't tell you, like, kind of what this guy is about. He's just all about weird shock value shit. Then I don't know what it is. But that's... I just have never been compelled to watch any of these uh, American Crime Story shows. So, I don't know. (laughs) So, so here's what I would tell you. Um, And I think this is the reason why I stuck out this season. I would actually say that season two is is borderline perfect. Um, It's about the murder of Gianni Versace. Mm -hmm. And... It's it does this thing structurally, which is fascinating, where the show starts with the murder and every episode moves backwards in time. Um, but the performance by I think his name's Darren Chris, maybe he was a, he was on Glee. Um, he is phenomenal. And it's the closest I've ever seen someone come to doing what like, you know, the Patrick Bateman thing in, in American Psycho um, yeah. It's actually really fucking good. And you could just watch it on its own. So. I guess what I'm saying is if Ryan Murphy wants to do these types of stories, I think they would be better served if he took real events that we don't know a whole lot about and then kind of went off and and did that. Like, for instance, the Gianni Versace thing, I think mainly existed in like, I don't know, interviews or maybe like court transcripts after the fact. Like he had a lot of creative license to kind of figure out the story and he makes it into this like really kind of disturbing thing about about this this fucking serial killer guy, you know. Um, when it's watching a show where you know what Bill Clinton looks like, and Clive Owen clearly doesn't look like that, nor does he sound <laughs> yeah. that way. Yeah, that's uh, it's just seemed like a strange choice. Seemed like yeah. a really strange choice. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, uh, rating. I don't know, man. Like. A six, like a soft six, like a flaccid six. Is that um, like so? Is it ten episodes for the whole season? Yeah, it's ten episodes. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, just, never, it, just it really starts with Beatty Feldstein. Like I, I don't like Sarah Paulson and anything, but Beatty Feldstein was just not the right choice at all. Like, listen, that's I, Jonah Hill's sister you're talking about. Okay, oh jeez, sorry. <laughs> He's got a beanie fucking tattoo. He fucking defends her all the time. <laughs> cool. All right, moving on. Um, so next up, I checked out the first episode of the live action Cowboy Bebop series on, on Ooh, Netflix. Nice. Um, so like you, not, not an anime guy, really. I've seen a few, nope. but never been a huge fan. Um, nope. don't know the original series. I'm coming into this fresh and right out the gate. It looks like absolute eye candy. Um, a lot of bold colors, uh, Dutch angles, but done, I think in the correct way. Um, Cinematography is cool. It looks a little bit like uh, the Wachowskis Speed Racer movie, but I would say toned down a bit. It's a little more... It's not a grounded show, but it's more grounded than Speed Racer, put it that way. Um, Interesting visually. The characters are where it kind of falls apart for me. Um, I feel like this episode didn't do a lot for me to make me want to come back to watch more. Um, I I think it's... Mm -hmm. This is clearly made by somebody who loves Tarantino. They love Snatch, you know, and they love uh, comic books. And they tried to, like, put it all together. And it, 
I think they're achieving what they want to achieve. The action is cool. Um, there's a lot of awesome, just like frames, you know, like like you could pause the, the, the show and just make a photo out of what you're looking at on the screen and it almost always looks awesome. That's That's mm. really nice. But these characters are bounty hunters and I guess the show is all about them going to find like high profile targets around the galaxy. Um, it has a little bit of a Guardians of the Galaxy feel to it where these characters are um, sort of scrappy and, and a little little bit obsessed with the style of bounty hunting, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I don't think I'm going to continue with this. Um, mm. it, the, the first episode was fine. I think that if you are looking for uh, something... Jeez, I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know who this would appeal to. I haven't seen the original series, so I don't know if fans of the series would love this. It's not getting particularly well um, reviewed right now, so mm. I don't even know if it's really nailing it for that audience. But um, yeah, as a newcomer, I eh, I'm, I'm I'm probably tapping out. So um, yeah, you didn't I, play the sounder. Yeah, I I would have, <laughs> but since the soundboard is so fucking chock full with all these voicemails and everything else, I said fuck it. So, um, so yeah, Cowboy Bebop. It's a it's a tap out right there. That's a, that's a hard push on the button, I think. So, um, okay. yeah. Okay, next up, uh, Chad D recommended this a couple weeks ago. Dope Sick. This is the uh, Hulu drama with uh, actually a lot of a lot of stars in it. Um, Michael Keaton, Rosario Dawson, Will Poulter, um, Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, uh, I think that's those are all the stars in this, but um, and it's essentially the story of the um, oh god uh, the the Sackler family, Richard Sackler and the and the Sacklers um, members of this family that run a big pharma company whose name is escaping me right now, who are essentially at the center of the opioid epidemic. Uh, uh, wow, opioid epidemic um, around. Uh, the OxyContin uh, release and rollout strategy. Um, I'm familiar with this story because earlier in the year, I watched the HBO documentary, The Crime of the Century. So I actually, I've seen this play out already. Um, But this series is told from the perspective of a few key people. You know, Michael Keaton is a doctor who uh, Will Poulter's character is uh, interacting with. Will Poulter is a salesman who works for the big pharma company. Uh, OxyContin is sort of branded as a cure-all miracle drug that is not addictive. Um, obviously, we know the reality is it's far from the truth, but Michael Stuhlbarg is, is Richard Sackler, the man who essentially uh, developed the sort of the, the, the rollout of the drug and the uh, part of the, the Sales strategy, I guess, the advertising strategy behind getting the drug out there. Peter Sarsgaard is an investigator trying to find out what is going on here. Rosario Dawson's a DEA agent who's involved in this. And the first episode actually, I think, does a pretty good job establishing all these people. And then giving you the stakes of, you know, who the players are, how they're going to factor in, and how this whole story fits together. Um, It's actually directed by Barry Levinson, so he definitely adds some some uh, skill to this um oh and also actually we were just talking about bd feldstein caitlin dever is also in this as uh, uh oh. a mine worker um she it, it's her and her family her father is played by oh i don't remember the actor's name but he was the preacher in deadwood um 
and he popped up in Suns for a couple of seasons as like a hot shot FBI investigator. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, you'll know him as soon as you see him. He's a great character actor. I just can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this was actually, this was very compelling in the first episode. Like I said, despite already knowing where the story goes and, and the, the bullet points of it, um, Michael Keaton's a great actor, you know, and he has enough here to work off of where he's interesting. Um, Michael Stuhlbarg is, is, you know, as Richard Sackler, he is compelling and, I know I know what that guy did in real life and the fact that Stuhlbarg keeps him interesting is I think a testament to his acting skill. Um everybody here, everybody here is interesting. Everybody seems to have something going on outside of the main story that may factor into uh you know the the proceedings at some point and I'm definitely going to watch the rest of the season. Um I thought this was really interesting. I thought that it benefits from the stars that they hired for this. Um do you have any interest in checking this out? Oh yeah, no, no. It's Keaton's one of my favorite actors, man. He is my Batman. Okay, he is my oh, Batman. Boy. Like, oh, 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 no. I, <laughs> I, I love Keaton. Beetle, fucking Beetlejuice. Yeah, this is all. It's been on the docket. I'm. It's over now, right? It, it was eight episodes and it's done. I think all eight are out now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I wanted to get to this. I just didn't have time. But yeah, I, I will plow through this over the next two months for sure. With the holidays coming up. I've got a lot of time off, so yeah, this is uh, on the docket for sure, and I will plow through this. Yeah, first episode. Probably feel good about myself too, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you gotta, you gotta watch this fucking one. Um, Okay, next up. So this one, oh boy. So this hit AMG, and I, I've been dreading its release for months. Oh shit! And then it came out, and I heard some reviews, and I immediately said, eh, "Fuck it, I gotta watch this." So I watched episode one of Man in the Arena, Tom Brady. Okay, uh-huh. now this is the ESPN Plus series that Tom Brady has uh, executive produced. It is a documentary series. It's nine episodes, and each episode details one of Tom Brady's Super Bowl appearances. Okay. Um, Obviously, it's been a rough year and a half without Tom Brady on the Patriots. <laughs> uh, things look okay now, but uh, you know it's 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 just it's still devastating. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> he was on the team for twenty fucking years and he left. I don't know how to feel about that, but I still fucking love the guy. I can't help it. So this episode was—I uh, got to tell you—it was fucking awesome. It really was. Um, it's all about the first Patriots Super Bowl 2001, uh, you know, year September 11th and all the fallout from that. The uh, drama between uh, Belichick naming him the starter over Drew Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe's actual injury, what happened to him when he got knocked out, the way that Bledsoe kind of set the tone for how Brady would carry himself in front of the team is, is a huge part of this story. Um, Willie McGinnis is a big part of this documentary, at least this first episode. I'm hoping that more players show up over the uh, the episodes, except for episode nine. We don't need to talk to any of those fucking players, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was a great great watch for episode one. Obviously, I got to watch the rest of them. Um, this is a, for a niche audience. Uh, obviously, you got to be a Pats fan, or you just got to fucking have interest in the literally the greatest football player of all time. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, there are plenty of you out there who are sports fans who uh, I think would get something out of this. You probably get annoyed. You know, obviously this episode uh, features the Raiders and the tuck rule, but you know what? 
it's kind of nice seeing John Gruden get his in that one. So just saying, but um, yeah, it's good first episode. I'll, I'll I'll definitely watch the rest. So oh yeah, and finally for TV, I did check out the Wheel of Time um, because I know Bunchy's a fan. Because I've been craving some good fantasy from somewhere, and I, I feel like I haven't gotten it in a while, um, know nothing about this story, going in completely blind. So the show is my introduction to this world. And at first, it's rather familiar. You know, there's some magic users that have a power to do something that we don't really know yet. Like, the, the, the episode opens with a character... After they do an initial introduction of whoever Rosamund Pike's character is and her, I guess, uh, companion. He's almost like a, a samurai ninja type character who travels with her. She's some sort of magic user. Um, we see these men running through the forest trying to escape a pack of women on horseback. Um, the two men stop and one of them says, you, you know, you, you have to fight them. And then you realize that there's only one man there and that he's been going crazy. And these women show up to, I guess, kill him. Or it seems as though maybe he's stolen some magic from them. It's unclear. And then we go into what I have to assume is the main storyline. Where we have a bunch of characters around the age of 20. Who are living in this town. Um, Each of them does something different. So one of them seems to be a like an outdoorsman of some kind, him and his father, who was actually the uh, the guy who played Roose Bolton on Game of Thrones. A um, few other characters whose names I don't yet know. But uh, it seems that Roseman Pike is looking for somebody called the Dragon, and they've been reincarnated. And There's a lot of like high-concept stuff going on in this episode that went a little bit over my head. Um, it seems like this world is very invested in the idea of reincarnation, so that when somebody dies, they're born again somewhere. And they're, you know, the wheel of time keeps spinning and, you know, souls come back to try and, you know, do, do get life more right than they did the time before, I guess, is the, the idea. Um, so there's a lot of fantasy stuff that feels a little bit familiar. I mean, it's it's definitely not looking like Lord of the Rings exactly, but then there are wide shots of these, you know, open mountain ranges that... They're not New Zealand, but they're kind of close. So you can tell where they're they're, they're in the wheelhouse of with this. Um, but I, I really liked the style. I was kind of down with what was going on. And then the action starts in this show. And all of a sudden, my interest meter went from like a decent 6 all the way to an 11. Okay. Oh. I'm not going to... You're going the opposite way. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil what happens, but... Some bad guys show up, and those bad guys are pretty bad looking. Um, And some shit goes down, and then we get some magic used in battle, and we get some some pretty good carnage. And Amazon definitely shows you that despite the fact that they've made this show, and, you know, it's it's not the most hard-edged thing, according to uh, Bunch, yeah, you're going to see some blood, you're going to see some people cut in half, you're going to see some entrails... So uh, it got pretty interesting pretty quickly for me. Um, it's not a, a, a hell of a long take, but there is a long take shot in this sequence that's pretty cool. Um, and I'm, I'm very intrigued by what I saw. Um, you know, won't, won't spoil anything for anybody who's coming into this blind like I was. 
but there's uh, there's enough here where I'm interested. I'm definitely going to continue. Um, I, I I like Roseman Pike enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw her in I Care a lot earlier this year. I thought that that was one of the better Netflix movies that I've seen. Um, and you know she's she's usually solid in what she shows up in. She seems pretty good in this so far. So um, awesome. yeah, relatively high hopes for. The next episode, but uh, yeah, Wheel of Time seems like it, it, it could scratch that uh, that fantasy itch pretty pretty well. So, right it's on the docket, yeah. can't wait. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff coming out, and you know, basically, how insane is it? Oh, no, go, sorry, continue. No, no, go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is a content overload, man. So, but like Cowboy Bebop, fucking Wheel of Time, all this shit is just dropping like daily. It's just like I can't keep up. It's, it's fucking content overload, man. Oh my god. I mean, I look the one, obviously there are a lot of shows that come out, but the one that I was looking forward to all year was Beatles Get Back, and now we're mm. at a point where I, that's coming out next week. But like, there could be like four more series and three movies next Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's just fucking nuts it's absolutely yeah. nuts it's, but... it's total first world problems but it's just still like god damn it i can't keep up with any of this shit nobody <laughs> has so no, much ain't, ain't nobody got time for that you know what i'm saying <laughs> no not at all yeah. uh that's what i was i was texting alex today because i know he's a big michael che fan i'm like oh shit a new michael che netflix special just went up what the i can't keep up with this shit <laughs> yeah i mean we're about to talk uh, about something that popped up on fucking youtube it's just yep. like you know, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to keep up with anything anymore, dude. It's it's just nope. basically every Friday. Okay, so this is a this is a little background, little little, little behind the scenes story. Um, I happen to know that every Friday, AMG uh, goes out and looks at a couple of key websites for their calendars just to see what the fuck is coming out. Because <laughs> if AMG doesn't do that, there's no way that he has any ability to keep up with the onslaught of content. And and that's that's just what it is. It's fucking yep. content constantly, just, you know. Yep. Um the fucking it. Disney Plus day, dude. They announced oh my God. I think 20 so Marvel series. Like what the <laughs> fuck, man? Nope. Yeah. Oh. It's just it it's the Arcade Fire song Infinite Content is a uh, fucking yeah. it applies very well here. <laughs> it's appropriate. It's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but. All right, man. You want to you wanna do one more pee break and then we'll do movies? Let's fucking do it, man. Yep, absolutely. Right, let, let's do that quick. All right. You want a pee break? Sure. I, need, I need to pee at least. You guys... Oh, for fuck's sake. I have a suggestion. Can we do a quick pee break? Yes. Have you got the pee break or do I got the pee break? I can do it. You got it or? I got it. Here we go. Rises high, but nothing hides the sound it makes when it hits your thigh. It'll dry in just no time, pissing on your thigh. We are pissing now. A lot of piss came out of my penis. Pinch cast all night. Who wants to chime in here? We'll round up TV and refuse 
some flicks tonight. Probably. Then fuck us, have a poop surprise. Yummy. Set the balls tonight. Pissing now. Oh, fuck off. Fuck your mother. Drinking highlights. Hey, girl. Provoking. Hey man. Whistle. That's exactly what it does. <laughs> Ooh, did I get back first? Nice. You just beat me. God damn it. No, I didn't just beat you. I've been here for about five minutes. <laughs> Do you reckon you'd be interested? <laughs> oh shit. Step chatty back. Oh, I'm back. And oh. that is uh one of Alex's best sounders of uh, the last couple of years, for sure. I fucking oh, such a fan. Top notch. Piss off, ghost! <laughs> He's freaking gone. It's a long sounder. Oh, God. Whoever, whoever the hack is that pulled that one really should have cut it down. What a fucking asshole. All right. Um, movies? Good for movies? Movies. Let's fucking do it. Get the fuck out of here. What you watch? What you watch this week? Like we said before, kind of flip flop, and I've got far less than you do. And yeah. I, so I think you may have seen all three of the movies that I saw. So let me yeah. uh, let me just knock these out here. So the first thing I watched was the Shane Gillis live in Austin. Did you, did you get this in? Uh, I got half of it in. So okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing. All right. So a friend of mine who I trust when it comes to stand up comedy sent me a text message. I don't know Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And he says, I think that Shane Gillis is the most naturally talented comedian since uh, John Mulaney. Okay. Um, to which I said, oh, that's that's a statement right there. Um, <laughs> Got to unpack that to, uh, to figure out what that means a little bit. But um, so I said, okay, so let me check this out. So I... Those who don't know, Shane Gillis is the guy that got fired from SNL without actually being a member of the SNL cast. Uh, was this two years ago? Whatever it was. Um, basically, he he was hired by them after an audition that actually Michael Che got him on for. Um, they loved him, and then they found he said something about Asian Americans on a podcast, and you know they they fired him instantly. Um, I saw him on Rogan a couple months ago, maybe more, maybe more than that talking about this and I generally like the guy but hadn't not enough to like go and seek out his comedy or anything so this was kind of out of the blue for me and this was released on YouTube so he just put the whole thing up there and um you know it's it's one of those comedy specials it starts out and 
I'm like, okay, buddy, prove to me that you're funny, right? In the first 10 minutes, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a chuckle here and there, and things are okay. And, you know, it's, it's funny, but it's not, like, blowing the doors off. And then he settles into a section of, of his set where he starts talking about uh, Trump, but not in a political way. He starts talking about Trump by saying, yeah, so it's been long enough, right? We can all admit that Trump was funny, right? And <laughs> he starts describing the fact that, like, at a debate, Trump is telling Ted Cruz that his wife is a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the crazy thing is, that's real? Like, you could Google it? <laughs> um, I fucking loved this stand-up. This was a great find. Um it, it took me a minute to kind of get into his cadence because he laughs a lot at his own stuff. So that was a little off-putting right off the top. But then as he starts settling into his bits, I found that he he actually used that to his advantage quite a bit in the act. Um, so I really like that. It's got a great section. I played it on the top here um, about like going to his niece's volleyball tournaments and then, you know, all the, all the kind of ridiculous shit about volleyball tournaments for little girls <laughs> which you can imagine where that goes you know um but uh yeah this is a really solid stand-up special um won't say much else about it it's a solid eight on ten it's just silly as fuck uh had a great time with this um definitely a recommendation to to any and all so yeah what um, i saw that the uh, fucking when he's talking about the white cornerbacks, is what one of my favorite. Like that's so fucking. Dude, I've never. <laughs> he's like, there's no insane. white cornerbacks anymore. Yeah, never seen a white cornerback, dude. Can't it's very true. One. It's very true. But oh my god. Um. All right. So the other two, I think you may, might have seen both of them. So we could start with uh, Jagged. Did you get to that? I did. I watched it last okay. night. Yep. Okay. So, um, background with my whole Alanis Morissette uh, exposure. Don't know a ton about her. I'm familiar with the Jagged Little Pill album, but never really gave it a serious listen. Um, know the hits, obviously, and know her from Dogma, but that's about it. Seemed like a, uh, you know, she was a, a, I don't know, a relic of the '90s, but it was too early in the '90s for me to care about. You know, um, I, I, I love this documentary. I love this documentary. I, this is the kind of music documentary I want, where they focus on a section of an artist's career really kind of drill into that and get some perspective from the artist. I know that the, she's kind of denounced her involvement for some fucking reason, but um, I found her to be a well, very I think charming I... subject too, as like an interviewee. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind yeah, of won me great. over. But what, what, what were you going to say about the? Well, so no, I, I, I agree. I like most of this documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it gets woke for the sake of being woke um, mm. for certain with the shit with like Taylor, who's the drummer of Foo Fighters now. And it's like, oh, these guys were like preying on her fans and trying to like hook up with them. And they're like dudes in their early 20s. And like, I don't know, it just kind of goes off on a weird tangent a little bit in that little Maybe, section yeah. of it. Yeah. And she's and even she's talking about like. And that's why she's denounced it and she's completely did, like distanced herself from this movie because she's like, yeah, they set up shit and like they kind of played me into saying shit that I didn't really like. That's not true. Um, uh, but for the most part, yeah, I I I, I enjoyed this as well. I I, I was uh, I was living with my grand. So my parents were going through a divorce for around the time this uh, 
uh, album came out so i remember living with my like grandma and like my uncle was always like had like mtv and vh1 on and i remember seeing all these fucking music videos man like all of her yeah. shit and like you ought to know and i uh ironic and all that shit <laughs> hand over feet um or head over feet and yeah so it, it was kind of it was very nostalgic a little bit in that aspect of it but yeah i, I liked the majority of this uh documentary it was just kind of that the the stuff being woke i was just like oh, all right uh, I, they're, they're just fucking like early 20s dudes hooking up with like chicks on the road and they're like trying to make it into like they're like, preying on her fans or something i was like mm, okay um but it's yeah funny overall I, that's funny i did you know, now that you're saying that, I, I can see it, but it, that didn't even occur to me while I was watching it. Like as, ah, a, I got you. Okay. as a thing. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And actually, now that you say that, that kind of makes it two for two with these Bill Simmons documentaries because the Dude, Woodstock yeah. '99 one kind of yep. leans into that hard too. Hundred percent. Yep. Hmm. That's what that's... I'm like. Their DMX is next week. What the fuck can they do with him? Like, how are they going to make that woke? <laughs> and, then, and then isn't one of them Kenny G? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think he, he, he's the week after. So I think these. So they did six of them, and the next five, like starting with this, they all release in the next five weeks. So uh, I think it ends with Juice World, which I know nothing of Juice World. I don't listen to hip hop at all anymore. But he's like the final that. one. That's a, <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a that's an artist, Juice World. Yeah, he's he's a he's a rapper who was murdered or died like last year or the year before. I, I know nothing about him, but. Yeah, um, cool. DMX I know is the next one. So, but yeah, I enjoyed a lot of this, man. I I, mm. I wish it would have just been like focused on the fact of like making of Jagged Little Pill, which I think eighty five percent of it was, and then it kind of detoured on that weird, like oh, uh, you know, she, yeah. and she's because she's even talking about I didn't realize when I was fifteen that it was like preying on me and shit. Like I'm not saying that none of that happened, but it also just kind of felt weird and out of place with the documentary. But yeah, See, man, I, I had a good time. That was the thing that kind of endeared me to her as a person, though, because it, 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 her bringing up that as particularly that aspect of it, it made the album Jagged Little Pill feel more like a piece of art to me in a way. It was okay. like, oh, she actually experienced shit that like this sounds stupid, but like I never thought of her as an artist before this. I just thought of her as like oh, a pop singer, you know, but like sure. the fact that she clearly endured some shit when she was younger and that totally informed this album uh, to me just was, was like, it was kind of fascinating. So I feel like I can almost justify why the filmmakers went in that direction with this documentary. Um, only up to a point though, right? Like it's not good to just fabricate some of this shit, I guess, and, and kind of throw it out there as like, Oh yeah, well you know we were basically touring with rapists for four years, so I guess I guess this now kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So yeah, you know what? My opinion of this is changing in the moment here. So. <laughs> all right, no, it's so, right. So that's uh, yeah, that's that's really. Oh god, I got to think about yeah, this. Yeah, I just now. I don't know. What well, it's just kind of like no, I just uh, as her as an artist because I respect her. She's like a fucking. She's a really good songwriter, man. Like yeah. legit. Like all the stuff they're talking about. Like she was you know, 1920 when she's writing these songs and it's like, Oh, she's actually very poignant and like precise. The shit she's saying is like not normal or which is crazy to think about Right. In the mid nineties, that's not normal for a fucking woman to be writing about this shit of like going down on a dude in a theater or whatever the right. fuck it is. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no man. I, yeah, I, I know Alex was a big fan of her album that came out in 2020. Like he was telling me about, it. I'd never listened to it, but he was like, it's actually a really good album. She's still fucking pumping out music. So yeah, I, I think she I, was I immediately grabbed it. I'm, I'm actually going to check it out this weekend. So 
Nice, man. Yeah, I, I do remember this album, Jagged Little Pill, of course, 95. Fucking, I was six years old when this came out, okay? For some yeah, context well. here, you fucking... I, <laughs> dude, at fucking six years old, so, I mean, so was I, but I, I remember yeah. having, I don't know, like a fucking like sega genesis and playing a power oh, yeah. fighting game like i, I wasn't <laughs> i maybe had yep. a michael jackson cd but it certainly wasn't <laughs> mine it was just like at the house you know yeah so yeah now i remember my uncle was all about alanis more he had loved her and he was like oh i fucking love this and vh1 pop-up video all that shit was always on i was like living with my grandparents at the time this Atlantis Morissette was a fucking thing in the 90s. So, hey, yeah, yeah this is it was a, it was a fun little trip down memory lane for sure. It's yeah. pretty good. I, I, actually, I definitely will watch the DMX one next week that comes out. So, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, now that I'm thinking about it, I actually remember an uncle of mine was an Atlantis Morissette fan. And I remember <laughs> at the time I was listening. I Actually, this is exactly what it was. I did have a Michael Jackson cassette tape. There were cassette tapes <laughs> at this point. And I remember hearing him listening to Alanis Morissette, and I'm a six-year-old kid, and I just say, oh, you listen to a girl singer? And, he, and I just remember him saying to me, well, you listen to Michael Jackson, it's pretty much the same thing. And that just, like, blew my mind, and I kind of walked away, you know? It's like, what, what does that does mean that in 95? <laughs> yeah. What does that mean, you know? But, yeah. Um, okay, rating? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll go six on ten for now. I, I really hadn't thought about that other side. I was going to go seven, but that... That kind of bugs me now, so. Uh, I think I'm the same. I'm a six. I'm a six on ten. Yeah. I think I like the Woodstock that I went a little bit more than this one, but yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, I think. Uh, I just, yeah. oh, okay, so so just before we, we move away from it, I think what I liked about it, the thing that resonated with me as a music documentary was the fact that it focused so much on her feelings, her emotions, and her, like, her writing of the song. Um I really like that aspect of it, and I like that the talking heads that they got around her gave a lot of context to, like, well, yeah, you know, I I helped her write some of the music, but th these were her lyrics, these were her songs, we just enhanced it. Like, I, I also like the fact that at one point she says plainly, kind of the same way that I, I've heard Trent Reznor say, it's like, you know, look, um, Yes, where you're playing in my band, but it's my band. This is my album. These are my songs. So you know that going in. If you don't like that, you don't need to be here. You know. Yeah. And I just think that that's a really kind of strong uh, perspective to have as a solo artist, but also like just as a female artist. Like that. That kind sure. of probably took some balls at the time. You know. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So that, that was really interesting. Well, you... And I, and yeah, I really like the song that she's singing at the end to her uh, her her kid. I couldn't tell if it was her son or her daughter, but. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That sounded really good too. So if that's on the mm -hmm. album, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, I think yeah. Shirley Manson from Garbage was one of the talking heads in this. Kevin Smith, yep. Uh, yep. Taylor Hawkins, of course, who was her touring drummer during the Jagged Little Pearl era, and then he went to Foo Fighters. He's a, he's a very prominent role in this movie too. So yep. yeah, man, I had a good time with this. It was it's a fun. It's a quick hour and a half. Uh, if you don't yep. know anything about this, I think it's yeah, it's definitely worth watching. I'll be interested yeah. to see what they do. I, don't, I mean, that's what I'm saying. How how woke can they make the DMX fucking right. movie? I'll be I'll be interested to see for sure. So, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that this week, and then I'll kind of. I love Bill Simmons though, man. I I love The Ringer. I fucking loved uh, Grant. Oh Lane, yeah. So I'm all yeah. about the Bill Simmons shit. So. Yep, he's he's yeah. on my weekly podcast rotation. So. Yep, Good absolutely. But, all right, and the other one that I saw that you saw is Eternals. Mm, um, all right yeah this hasn't been reviewed yet on the binge cast right or the right. binge network at all yeah. I, I don't i don't think so so okay 
So Eternals, going into it, um, let me let me just give you a quick recap of how I'm feeling about Marvel these days. Okay, so going into this year, I I was like very optimistic and very happy that we were getting so many projects. Okay, we got uh, Wandavision, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, What If. Okay, um, then we got Black Widow, Shang Chi, now Eternals, and we've still got Hawkeye coming, and then Spider Man. Um, if I had anything to say to Marvel, it would be, well, let's, let's take a step back. Cause I really think the quality level has gone down a bit with mm. a lot of their stuff. Um, yeah. I thought WandaVision was, was phenomenal. That was great coming out the gate. I loved Shang-Chi. I'm fully expecting to love Spider-Man and Hawkeye. I don't know. Pretty much everything else is either a six or lower for me. For a lot of different reasons. But my biggest problem with Eternals is that it should have been a series. There is too much in this movie for me to give yeah. a shit about anything. Um, it's just, it's too big. I, I would argue that these are all good characters. And that they needed an episode piece of a 10 episode series in order to put this together properly. I totally um, see that. Yep. I mean, you can see that there's a real director here that's struggling with, with like big ideas. Okay. So mm -hmm. you have a character in this movie who for some reason is a child for eternity and is in love with another character mm. and can never do anything about that. That is a fascinating complicated nuanced story for an entire movie unto itself okay that's a great idea um you have another character in this movie who is the catalyst for invention and technology throughout the ages that's an incredible story that deserves its own movie um i just don't really understand why they thought that this could be one single film and have it be satisfying to anybody since no one knows these characters, you know, um, okay. what did you feel on this? Cause I, I, again, you're not the Marvel guy. Yeah. So I, Where, I, I, I thought I watched the trailer for this and I thought I was kind of excited, man. Like I thought it was a weird looking at like this weird sci-fi shit. I knew it was Chloe Zhao, uh, which is, I've talked about this a little bit on the network. Like this originally was supposed to release before Nomadland. And so how much of the narrative of that, woman would have changed if this Marvel movie released and then Nomadland back to back. Um, I, yeah, I, I think, I feel like my problem with this movie is it is, it's so exposition heavy. It like, mm -hmm. it's just like, it just seems like explain, 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 explain fucking Alex's inception fucking argument. Yeah. Um, and it, it's jumping around timelines just to be jumping around. It seems like confusing just to be confused. I'm like, all right, what, what are we doing here? Um, the fact that there's Rob Stark and Jon Snow and then a character named Cersei and they're talking about her is fucking distracting as shit. Like, come on, how do you not fucking see that? Um, right. I, I didn't hate this movie, though, man. Like, I, th I think this movie is pretty just fine. Like, it's just a fine movie. Like, I, honestly, I watched this two weeks ago, and I had forgotten so much of it, because you were like, I'm reviewing it, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't remember anything yeah, about yeah. this movie, really. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's kind of says it all, that I already forgot so much about it. Um, I think there's some good characters here, like Barry Keegan, I think is pretty good. Um, fucking, well, okay, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Paperboy, yeah, okay. Let, yeah. let me pause yeah. right there. So Barry Keegan, right? That's a character who decided 
to like dissent from the group and then goes off into the Amazon and like like uh, like does what like 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 what yeah, the fuck is true. he doing with those people like like yeah okay that's true. So, but but there are so many questions I have like okay okay not to cut you off here but no don't, this is your review you go for it so yeah. so you have uh you you have these these ascent, uh, I guess these are moderate spoilers but I I don't think there's a whole lot to spoil in this movie personally it's just kind of mm. it's it's pretty there. isolated from everything else mm-hmm. but sure. Just a moderate spoiler alert in case anybody gives a shit. But, you you know, you find out that these, these like, robots, essentially, are not supposed to interfere with human history at all. So why the fuck would you give one of them the ability to control people's minds? Like, you're not supposed to directly interact with people. So what what is the... What? Like, like, in a movie that explains so much shit, why the fuck... Would you ever send one of your robot people that doesn't have the ability to speak? What is the point of that? Like, <laughs> why would you not just make them all Icarus, who is uh, clearly is, is Superman? Like, why wouldn't you just send 10 Supermen and be done with it? You know, um, in a movie that explains so much, I have so many fucking questions around why these people why this time why why you know and and i feel like i have those questions because the movie was answering so many other things you know that it i never had a moment to just sit there and enjoy what i was getting i was always just wondering why is any of this happening and that's like my biggest fault with the movie but i, I don't yeah. know yeah I, I yeah it i just it's pretty meh, man. I think this movie is already forgotten about, honestly. Like it it can't like I said, it came out two weeks ago and like it's just kinda landed with a whimper. Like it it, it opened to what, like seventy ish or whatever it was, million. Yeah. And it's kinda just like meh, all right. And then by this weekend Ghostbusters is coming out and everyone's kinda forgotten about it already. I feel like yeah. Marvel and Feige are just kind of like sweeping this under the rug. Like, all right, that was a thing we experimented with. They even made the the comment of like, Shang-Chi is our experiment, but that movie's a fucking huge hit. And this movie right. is kind of just meh. So, yeah, it had a lot going for it. I, I was interested, but yeah, it, it's just very average. Uh, and, and like, I, I just, I don't think I'll ever rewatch this, to be honest. I think, no. what did you think about the after credits stuff? Like, did you like that? Or are you excited, like what they built with it or... So none of that means anything to me. I don't know. Mm. You know, again, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. Um, I don't know who the. I don't know why it matters that Thanos has a brother nor who he is. Um, you so, know, like, what is that? I don't know. It could. Be so cool. Jon Snow's character is playing. Yeah, spoiler alert again. In last warning, he's playing like a character named Black Knight, which I don't know anything about him. But yeah. like, apparently, the guy talking to him is Blade. I didn't yeah. fucking. I didn't register that at all while seeing right. the after credit scene. I was like, I saw that after the fact. I was like, oh, okay, that was Blade. Cool. Uh, yeah. But didn't realize that. And yeah, I know nothing of Thanos' brother, Harry Styles, at all. So. I mean, here's my question, okay? When it comes to Eternals, I, and the reason I'm asking this is because I was at a McDonald's drive-thru recently, like maybe two weeks ago, and I saw that they had Eternals toys with the Happy Meals. I, really? Do you, okay. Do you know a single kid who would ever want to watch this movie? 
No, not no. It is uh, not a kid friendly. No, it's pretty boring, all. bland. Um, no, not at all. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know who this movie's for. Um, you know, you just mentioned the thing about Blade. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have him cameo, have him cameo. He doesn't have a recognizable voice yet because we've literally never seen him on screen as Blade yet. Um, that seemed like a dumb move. Uh, you know. Look, if anybody has proven that they can go back and retrofit things and make them have more value later, it's Marvel. You know, obviously, Endgame made the Dark World a lot more important. And, you know, a lot of the stuff post-Ultron became a lot cooler in retrospect. After you've seen Endgame, I'm not... I'm not putting that off, you know, I'm not taking that off the table for them in, in terms of could they make some of the shit in this movie cooler, more interesting? I think they can. But, uh, yeah, this is this is low in my ranking of the Marvel movies. Um, I, I, I just wish it was a series. I guess that's the best thing I can say. They just didn't give it enough room to breathe, but also they just didn't put it on the proper platform. This should have been a Disney Plus show. This should have been 10 oh, episodes. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Yeah. And it should have been one a week. Because, look, man, I loved the opening, okay? The, the opening scene is like, whatever. What are they going to, Mesopotamia or something? They arrive in a black ship. They show up. They fuck up a bunch of deviants. And then Pink Floyd's time plays as they're handing a tool to somebody. 2001 reference right out the gate. I'm all about that shit. Obviously, I was in the theater just like, this is the coolest fucking opening I've ever seen, right? This is awesome. And then the movie that came after it had ideas that supported that opening, but it had almost no entertainment value. And I think that's the thing that really kills it for me. Um, I've said enough. Uh, God. Ah, God. Um... I saw, I'll go soft six. Soft six is, is where I'll be. It's it's very soft, though. It, uh, it fucking, should be better. You fucking eternal didn't read my mind. I was going soft six as well for this. There you so. go. Yep. We'll be pretty average. Six, pretty pretty meh Marvel. So. Yeah. yeah. Too bad. It's re- really too bad. Oh, Should have been better. Yeah. Had some potential, but I mean, they tried, I guess, and uh, didn't work. So. Like, dude, think about... I'm just thinking about little details from this movie. In an offhand throwaway comment, they suggest that Sprite has been basically building the world's mythology for thousands of years. Um, that is an incredible detail to just, like, kind of toss out there and then move on from in conversation. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. that could be a show. I just... I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand it, but... Ah, said enough, so... All right, that's all I got for movies. You have a lot more, so what, what do you have? Oh, for us? all right, so I have five more. You gotta, you gotta figure. Out. We're flipping the binge, uh, binge views here. I've got Licorice Pizza, House of Gucci, Belfast, King Richard, Afterlife, Ghostbusters. What do you want to start with? Oh, Licorice Pizza, House of Gucci. Let's do House of Gucci. House of Gucci. Okay, so this is. Ridley Scott, his uh, second movie in a matter of months here after a fucking last duel. Um, yeah, yeah. let's fucking just do this. <laughs> um, Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Al Pacino, Jared Leto, Jeremy Irons. Cast is fucking deep here. This movie filmed in February through May of this year, so it's it's pretty fresh okay. in the uh, the Ridley verse here. Uh, this is the. Uh, the crime drama based on uh, the Gucci family. Um, she is 
Lady Gaga is playing uh, Patricia Reggiani, who uh, ends up uh, falling in love with Adam Driver's character, who's playing Maurizio Gucci, who is the son of Rodolfo Gucci. Listen, I don't know shit about Gucci, the family, or any of that, so this is going to be, like, whatever. I didn't know a lot about this story going into this movie. Um, so she she ends up meeting him. Uh, obviously, the Gucci family is very uh, rich, and uh, she kind of sees that as her opportunity into this family. They fall in love, and... Uh, she joins up and uh, shit starts to go. Uh, she starts to manipulate shit to her uh, liking. Um, Jared Leto is also in this movie as Paolo Gucci. We have Salma Hayek in this. Uh, I already said Al Pacino. Jack Houston is in this movie as well. Pretty deep cast. Um, the embargo has not lifted on this movie yet. This movie releases next Tuesday. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. okay. That might tell you kind of all you need to know about this movie. Okay. A little bit. A little bit here. Um, I like this movie more than I like the last duel. I did not like the last duel. So that's kind of, okay. yeah, another thing. The, the acting is pretty, it's fine here. Uh, I don't think Lady Gaga is anything like amazing in this movie. She's pretty good. Uh, Jared Leto is like hamming this up to the umph degree. Like he is just playing like, I don't even know what he's doing in this movie. He's just having a good time. Can I ask uh, a question regarding Jared Leto? Yes, 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 you can. Would you have liked the role better if they just were honest about themselves and cast Jeffrey Tambor instead? <laughs> uh, probably. I like Jeffrey Just curious? Tambor. Just curious? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's playing a pretty similar character to uh, Tambor in uh, Arrested Development. He's just like this. Okay. I mean, he is really having a good time. Like, he's he's hamming it up. He's, uh, he's like the stepchild of the family. He's a stepchad. And... Uh, yeah, he, he has all these ideas, but they're not, like, falling on anyone's ears or falling on deaf ears. Um, this movie is pretty fucking average, man. Like, it's not a fucking terrible movie, but it's, like, the same thing. Ridley is just... These movies are fucking too long. They're so... Yeah. F- like, this movie's two hours and 37 minutes. Jesus. And it could, it could easily be two hours. Like, it's just a lot of, like random scenes with uh like i said i didn't know anything about this movie going in but like it's lady gaga's character like plotting to spoiler alert spoiler alert no no it's, she, this character ends up hiring a hitman to fucking take out her husband that's really the extent it's a fucking true life story um and i didn't know much about it but when when the shit goes down, it just kind of falls uh, flat. It, it, there's not really a lot of meaning behind it. Um, she's really unlikable in this movie, but she's 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 good in it. I, I don't know. This movie is very average in in general. Like I said, I liked it more than I liked the last duel, but I also I'm not gonna recommend this movie to anyone. Um, I would say this is another like six for me, uh, six on ten. Um, okay. Driver's pretty good. I feel like th- there might be some Academy Award nominations here. Okay. Uh, I'll be interested to see if the Academy actually nominates Leto for this because, like, like a, dude, he is like just. It, it feels like he's in another movie than the rest of the cast most of mm-hmm. the time. Like he is really, really hamming it up here. Um, Pacino's he's actually knows. really good though. Yeah, Pacino's really good. Yeah, as Aldo, yeah. and you know, yeah, go for it. No, no, I was gonna say it. It feels a bit like. Uh... So, um, you know, Ridley Scott, he's got certain uh, tendencies with some of his movies. This Uh feels like it's in the counselor realm of, like, a lot of stars, but maybe not 
not necessarily like all the substance that you want kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know. Is it, is it, does it feel a bit like that or? Sorry, you cut out right there. I'm sorry. What? Oh, oh, sorry. No, I was, I was just saying the counselor is the movie that kind of this feels ah. like in a way. Um, mm. where it's got like a really great cast, but it, it's sort of like underwhelming as a story. Is this yeah. similar in that way? Yeah, I could see that for sure. I think I like this more than The Counselor. That movie just okay. kind of really, like, yeah, I was really pumped for that movie, and it just did not work. But this is a little bit better, but not by much. Uh, yeah, man, 6 on 10 for sure. I, okay. Yeah, I can't recommend this to people to go out and fucking watch this movie. But right. I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, what do, you, what do you want next? Noted. Um, okay, well, I, I'm actually very interested to hear about Belfast. So what's what's that about? All right, so yeah, this is what a weird career this guy Kenneth Branagh has, mm. man. Like, really weird. Uh, this is uh, really based on his like personal memoir of his childhood in Belfast. He wrote and directed this whole thing. It's all shot in black and white. Um, it, it's told uh, during 1969 and the, the troubles in uh, Belfast, Ireland. If you know, if you're familiar with those at all, so. Sure. The Protestants and the Catholics were at war pretty much during this whole time and until the 80s this existed. And uh, there's a lot of cool filmmaker stuff uh, throughout this movie that he does. Um, it, it's, like I said, black and white, but the entire uh, – the troubles are set to the perspective of a character named Buddy. And that's really who he him as a child in this movie. Um, we've got Jamie Dornham, Katrina Balfe, uh, Judy Dench, Kieran Hines, uh, and then Jude Hill is playing the buddy character. But yeah, so it's really all set through his eyes. So he sees like these like you know Molotov cocktails being thrown down the street and uh, a lot of unrest between the Protestants and the Catholics. And um, it, it's it's a really like sweet movie. Uh, he. There's a there's a thing that it kind of shows him his influence as a child. Like he would go to theaters, like movie theaters or plays, or when he was watching TV. And the whole thing is set in black and white. But when he's watching these uh, the, the the movies, like so specifically, they goes the, their whole family goes and watches Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And when they're watching it, it shows you the screen, and the screen's all in color. So that rest of the movie is set in black and white, but the scene and then like the, the screen's color or when they go watch a play in the theater, it's all color. The TV is all color. So it's like showing you his impressions of like how much this had an influence on him as a child growing up, yeah. which is pretty cool. I like I like that a lot of that aspect of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this movie is an hour and 37 minutes. It's not like these fucking really Scott movies that just don't they outstay their welcome. They're way too long. This is a really quick, uh, nice hour and 37 minutes. Van Morrison is set to like literally every fucking scene of this movie. He's fucking <laughs> of course Irish. Yeah, he's a fucking Irish and huge part of, <laughs> of Irish culture. Um, I, I had a pretty good time with this man. Is this movie amazing? Nah. It seems like a lot of pundits seem to think this is like the best picture front runner, which I don't. I don't see that. Uh, I, I, at least for me personally, this is not the best picture front runner. But this is this is a fine movie, man. It, it was a nice, quick hour thirty seven. I had a good time with it. Um, I would give this probably a soft seven. Uh, okay. Yeah, I I don't know. There's not a lot to say about it. It's it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, the cast is all pretty good here for the most part. This kid Jude Hill, he, his first movie, uh, he's really good. Um, it's being compared to Roma a lot, which I could see. Quran, see black and white, okay. and kind of his coming of age movie as well. Um, yeah, man, this, this is a fine watch. Um, 
Yeah. I, I don't really know what else to say about it. So Okay. Yeah. Okay. Seven. Nice. Soft seven. Yeah, that's why I was interested because a lot of people have kind of propped this up as like, oh my god, this is the you know, this is best picture this year and I can't you know, it's it's typical, this happens every year, like came out of nowhere, didn't know this was being made, and all of a sudden there's some fucking critical darling, but it, you know, you see it every season, right? This will be the one that's like overhyped too early, so it'll yep. fucking you know it'll it'll be nominated, but won't won't win because something else will come out or whatever. Yeah, kind of fade into obscurity. Yep. Yeah, man. But Kenneth Branagh's got a weird career, man. Like he's super weird. Like fucking in Tenet last year, he directed that Artemis Fowl movie. He's directed like Death on the fucking Orient Express or what is it? Like Murder on the Orient Express. He's, yeah. he's just yeah, he's a strange guy. Directed he was, Thor. <laughs> he was the villain in Wild Wild West. This is the yep. second time yeah. I bring up Wild Wild West. Yeah, Jesus yeah he's got a weird ass career, but yeah, he's fucking good, man. I like Kenneth Branagh. Still so. around, so got to give him credit, yeah. I guess. But yeah, um, okay. Let's uh, let's hear about King Richard because again, I could have watched this. Decided not to. Did I make a bad decision? Oh boy, Chad D is like screaming through his, his fucking. Oh yeah, you know what? I think I hear him right now. Unabashed. Hmm. Oh yeah, he's, he's screaming. Screamed out. I fucking knew it. <laughs> so King Richard is the story about Richard Williams, who is the father of Venus and Serena Williams. I don't know how familiar you are or any of our fucking listeners are with the story. Um, directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green. We've got uh, Tony Goldwyn, John Bernthal, uh, Anjane Ellis, and Sania Sidney are the, like, the, the cast that fills this out. And uh, yeah, man, it, it tells the story of Richard Williams, who raises these two daughters in Compton. Seems like a fucking pretty hard task. Like, you know, he's, he's trying to teach them tennis because they are African-American, and he thinks this is their way into, uh, you know professional sports and they're fucking great tennis players and uh i'll just say this right off the bat i think will smith will probably win the oscar for this i think i texted you this earlier there's not been a lot of good lead male performances in 2021 uh this kind of stands out for sure and he does a great job to will smith's credit uh i will give him that this movie uh it's like the fucking feel-good movie of the year for sure it's a crowd pleaser um it's like a throwback feel-good sports movie the you know like the rumor of the titans-esque um this father is uh, he's super overbearing he's uh he's not a good guy and like i i've heard other stories about him that he like fucking tampered with his wife's birth control in order to have these kids and like all this other shit like he's a he's a very much like a stage dad um but to his credit he was pretty right about his two daughters and venus and serena became the best fucking tennis players ever and Will Smith definitely disappears into this role. Um, he does a great job. I, I'm not going to fucking fault anything about Will Smith in this movie. He does a, does a great job. Bernthal is really good in this as a, um, what's his name? Richard Racy. He's like a fucking Rick Macy. Rick Macy is like the, he's a famous tennis coach. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I had a good time with this. It, it, it's a fine movie. Um, Two hours and 15 minutes probably could have been two hours, but, you know, they they really extend. Uh... Oh, OK, so I will say this. So the the DOP of this movie is Robert Ellswit, which if you know Robert Ellswit, oh, he's yeah. fucking he's PTA's guy up until Inherent Vice. He's done all of the Gilroy's movies, uh, Dan and Tony. 
Um, so this movie has a weird uh, the uh, like the tennis scenes and the sports scenes have like this weird like kind of epic feeling to them, which most sports movies okay. don't have. But you can see that through his eyes. So you're like, OK, I, this this feels a little different um, for that. It definitely works. And uh, yeah, man, I, this is a this is a seven on ten for me. I like this more than Gucci. And I think Smith is pretty good. And I think he probably will win the Oscar for this. But I guess the Oscars are not till like end of March. So shit could change. But I'd say as of this moment, he's the front runner. But yeah, uh, yeah man, I don't I don't think you need to watch this. Uh, yeah. I, I, think he's better in pursuit of happiness, honestly. And I think he's probably better in Ali, but this seems like the year that it's like opening up for him. So good on Will Smith to, uh, finally win an Oscar for this, but yeah, soft seven for King Richard. So I, I have a question. Um, okay. is it at all strange that this movie is about Venus and Serena Williams father instead of about Venus and Serena Williams? Yeah, a little, yeah. yeah, I mean, they don't Venus this movie is way more about Venus than Serena. Okay. Serena's a backseat for sure and Serena is obviously way better than Venus ever was. Um which they kind of touch on that a little bit. But yeah, man, he's just not I I've always heard that he's kind of like the stage dad, kind of like Tiger Woods dad. He was just really overbearing like he's not that likable. He's not that likable yeah. of a guy, but you kind of respect the shit that he went through in Compton, like raising, like he raised like five girls, but yeah, I don't, it's like kind of glorifying this guy. That's not a great guy by any means. It just seems <laughs> it like a really weird. weird choice. And I don't know if the, the Williams sisters like produced this movie or they have any involvement, but I just, I would love to hear what they think of the fact that, you know, they, <laughs> there's a movie kind of about them but kind of not it just seems yeah. like a strange i don't know well, it's a strange and, perspective and, but i haven't seen the pro- movie so maybe i'm so wrong. venus and serena produced this too so it's okay. like yeah it's obviously like catered to like they're making their dad in a good light it wasn't like the shitty stuff they went through i'm sure sure um so yeah you kind of feel that a little bit and you see that at the end they, they show a lot of like stock footage of like him training them and showing them what to do but yeah, it's it's a little cringy with him. He just doesn't seem like a great guy, totally. But and he was married like four or five times, I guess. So, well, you know, hey, whatever. If at you know, first get you on him. succeed, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, all right, all right, interesting, interesting. I uh, probably not gonna watch that, so I'll just move on. <laughs> um, all right, uh, next. Uh, okay, so this was the one that when you mentioned you were seeing it, I was most jealous because. It probably won't come out anywhere around here for months, but uh, Licorice Pizza, what do you got for that? Licorice Pizza, probably my most anticipated movie of the year. And we're fucking, you and I and Alex are the PCA fives on the fucking network. Of course, dude. Yeah, man, I was super pumped for this. And uh, all right. Yeah. Written directed by PCA. We got Cooper Hoffman here, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son in his first acting role. Uh, We got Alana Haim as uh alana kane she's playing the same alana in this movie we've got bradley cooper sean penn tom waits benny safty all in this movie this movie is uh the story of gary valentine who is uh cooper hoffman's character he is a actor in uh 70s san fernando valley and he is also uh an entrepreneur so he has a lot of interests he's uh not only just want to be an actor but he wants to be like a waterbed salesman he wants to be like a pinball fucking entrepreneur and like start a company 
So this movie is like, there's a lot of vignettes. Like this movie is kind of like told in uh, like chapters a little bit. Uh, it doesn't do the whole like, you know, fucking Tarantino chapter wise, but it uh, it takes place over the course of a couple of years. And it's it's really the story about these two's relationship. So Gary Valentine and Alana's relationship. She's playing a like uh, a photography assistant at his high school. They meet uh, as he's taking headshots for his first acting gig. And uh, it really details their friendship throughout the course of these years. And they're they're dealing with like a gas crisis in the uh, the seventies. And uh, a lot of other shit that's going on. This movie is very much feels like a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, era, which is, of course, PTAs from fucking L.A. as well, just like QT. Um, it, it, uh, dude, I fucking love this movie. This is uh, this is easily one of his most accessible movies um, to date. Like, honestly, it might be his mo- I might... Probably his most accessible since Boogie Nights, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah, I can see a lot of people's issues, you know, with There We Blood, not liking it, oh, Phantom Thread, shit. If you say you don't like There We Blood, I probably won't ever talk to you again. But still, yeah, um, I mean, they're wrong, but whatever, we'll move. Yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can see you know people having issues. This is a very much a uh, a day in the life kind of movie with these two characters, and you would have never guessed that these two were first time actors because they are fucking amazing, man. Like they are just electric, phenomenal. Every scene, you really care about everything they're doing. Um, uh, it maybe loses its focus a little bit in the third act, maybe a little too long. Um, th- that's really the extent of like nitpicky I'll be about it. I, I really, really love this movie, man. I, I had a, a great time even being a PTA five. I think fans that aren't like people that don't even like PTA will like this movie because it's, it's just really charming. Like these mm-hmm. two characters are super charming. I mean, they're, they're a majority of the screen time and they, they interact Little by little, like there's a a certain act of the movie they interact with Sean Penn's character. Um, they're uh, so like Bradley Cooper. They're playing like new Hollywood and old Hollywood characters. So Sean Penn's playing Jack Holden uh, from the seventies. Uh, you've got uh, Bradley Cooper's playing Barbara Streisand's hair uh, dresser John Peters. Oh, um, dude, <laughs> yeah, dude, producer of Wild Wild West. What the fuck is yeah. going on tonight, dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So they're, they're like they're they're touching all these aspects of it, and it just really fucking works, man. Uh, this. Honestly, of all of his movies, this reminded me the most of Boogie Nights. Uh, okay. I I had a, a great time with this. I can't see uh, anyone that's a fan of PTA not loving this. I, I think it, even people that aren't fans, I, I really, really dug this movie. Easily one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, yeah, this is an easy on first view. Sorry, Alex, not a 10, but it's a 9. Easy 9 for me Wow, on first watch. Oh. I can't wait to watch this again. It is a... Uh, it's going. Pla- it's doing the platform release bullshit. So this Friday it goes to New York and LA. Uh, it's in seventy millimeter streaming, of course. PTA doing his fucking film shit, and then like every week after that, it's uh, it's doing like screenings in like bigger cities, and then Christmas Day it goes wide. So <sighs> fucking a, of course. Yeah, so man. I won't, yeah, I won't see it until fucking. <laughs> Yeah, this is a uh, Johnny Greenwood score. The soundtrack. If you like Once Upon a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood soundtrack, you're gonna fucking love this soundtrack. It's fucking deep. Uh, I mean, like being Crosby, Sonny Cheer, The Doors, David Bowie, 
uh it did yeah great it it's fantastic man i I, i'm not gonna talk any amount of shit on this movie i yeah fucking great fucking great licorice pizza all right good stuff i'm I'm excited Uh, i'm excited oh (laughs) god damn it all right well fingers crossed to get to screening somewhere around here but oh yeah oh yeah all right, All right, and let's round it out with the big release this week. We got Ghostbusters Afterlife. Everybody's talking yeah. about it. Everybody's got theories. Everybody's happy. Everybody's sad. Whatever. I heard a lot of people are going to this movie and they're coming out crying. Like, what the fuck? Jesus. Well, all right. Is this, is this any good? Is this any good? So okay. For, so okay. You know what? Let's take a step back, real quick, real quick. I am of the opinion, okay, that you're either a Blues Brothers guy. Or you're a Ghostbusters guy. Which one are you? Really? Okay. I like them both. Uh, I guess if I'm leaning, I would say Ghostbusters is more nostalgic for me than Blues okay. Brothers. But I do love... Okay. I love... I fucking love Elwood. Okay? Blues Brothers. Yeah. I fucking love it. Um, uh, yeah, man. The, the original 1984 Ghostbusters, I've seen that movie fucking... I don't even know. Hundreds of times. I fucking love it. Uh, I grew up with it. Kind of like Chad D said, I, I had the fucking toys. I had, uh, I was all about it. And fucking Ecto one, fucking drinks and shit. Um, yeah, so I saw this at CinemaCon in August. Uh, I haven't actually rewatched it since, but nothing changed about it. I've gathered. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that that uh, binge cast I did with uh, Alex and Law whenever we did the fall movie preview. I'm pretty sure I spoiled the fuck out of this anyway. <laughs> um, I don't remember much of it pretty hazy but yeah so this is uh directed by fucking jason reitman ivan reitman's son he said ivan was sitting next to him pretty much daily on set while filming this movie um we got finn wolfhard mckenna grace carrie coon paul rudd as newcomers here uh the uh they're playing the kids or uh, the, the the grandkids of egon so they go to uh oklahoma to uh uh inherit his estate because uh he has passed away at this point this is not spoilers it's in the trailers relax guys um and uh there's some weird shit there's some like tornado like earthquakes are going on in the middle of oklahoma in the midwest it feels kind of weird they uh start to investigate mckenna grace is way too smart for her own good and uh her grandfather is kind of calling to her she kind of feels it uh, her uh, summer school teacher is Paul Rudd, and he's also been uh, just like researching the uh, the shit that's going on in this town because he thinks it's weird too because it's Oklahoma earthquakes don't happen here, and uh, they're gonna go off on their little thing and uh, realize that uh, them shits awry in Oklahoma. And uh, man, I think the first two thirds of this movie are really really strong. Um, I think the third act, it definitely plays on that nostalgia factor for sure. And it probably leans a little too much into it. Uh, I think I said in the discord group that Chad D mentioned it definitely force awakens and this have a lot in common because it, it's definitely playing on the member berries. There's no doubt about it. Um, I don't want to get too spoilery, but yeah, definitely member berries here. There's a lot of Easter eggs in this movie. Um, I, I mean, I heard somebody describe this movie as, um, it's it's as if Jason Reitman sat down and he understood the assignment and delivered it. Like like essentially he delivered exactly what yeah. audiences want and that everything mm-hmm. you could imagine you would want in this kind of movie you get in the third act, basically. Mm-hmm. This is how yeah. I heard it described. 
Yeah, I can see that. I can see. I could also see though, like diehard fans having an issue with the third act because there's a lot. I mean, it's no secret that Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd yeah. and Ernie are back in this movie. And to that point, you're gonna know that fucking spoiler alert, Egon's back in some way, right? But obviously, Harold sure. Ramis is dead. So, yeah, I could see a lot of issues with that. But man, it it worked for me. I think. I think this movie for like kids watching this movie are going to fucking love it. It's kind of like the thing, the same thing that we're like, we're too old for like whatever, but kids are loving venom. I think the kids are going to fucking love this too, man. Like I think if I was a kid, I would be all about this. Um, they, they do a really good job. Like they, they play on the nostalgia enough, but, uh, it it very much, I think the first two thirds feel very much like an Amblin movie for sure. Um, yeah, man, it, it, it does a really good job. I I, I really enjoyed this uh, for what it was. Um, as being an OG, real big Ghostbusters fan, um, this is a soft eight. I think I'll, I'll put an eight on this, man. I, right. I had a good time. Yeah. Um, right. If you're not a Ghostbusters fan, maybe not like it as much, but mm. I think it works. Works. I, I think, I mean, they set it up for a sequel, too. There's like a couple post credit scenes as well. Um but yeah, man, I, as a Ghostbusters fan, I didn't have any complaints with this, and it definitely helps wash that fucking taste of the 2016 one that's just fucking reboot to be a reboot. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, soft eight for Afterlife. Got no complaints. Uh, it, was, it was a good time. Good time at the movies. All right, so. all right. I, I've been debating whether or not I'm going to go and see this, but uh, I don't know. When Tuesday rolls around, maybe I can get a discount show in. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, you get the $5 shows on Tuesday, so. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. All right. Holy shit. We uh we covered a lot of uh covered a lot of God, ground here. <laughs> so much content. So much content. <laughs> so much stuff. We talked about uh well, we played a little Lost in Translation with Bruce. We answered a bunch of fucking voicemails. We plugged the full binge, which you're gonna want to stick around for if you're a Patreon member. It's Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago commentary featuring Ammon Gilbert. Parksense.com, Binge 20, gets 20% off. Make sure you do that. We did a trailer roundup. We did TV. We did movies. We did a lot of bullshit. Step Chad, you got anything else you got to get off your chest here? I got nothing, man. I think I covered it all. I fucking feel like my voice is hoarse from talking so much. So Ugh. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> Long good. All right, 708-406-9546 is the phone number. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon at Binge Media. Make sure you're subscribed on Patreon. If you're hearing this and you're just listening to the free binge, five bucks a month will get you the remainder of this show, plus Jack Attack Tuesdays, plus movie commentaries, plus Curb Your Enthusiasm commentaries, and anything else we will put out there. Uh, Chad, thanks for joining me, man. This is good shit. Yeah, man. Good time. It's been too long, but uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think uh, once this fucking year is over with my uh my bullshit we'll we'll get back to doing something whether it's movie homework or dock it or i don't know whatever we'll figure it out right. but sounds good man all right everybody take it easy see you next time peace see you Thank you for listening to the BingeCast on BingeMedia.net. To listen to the full binge, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bingemedia. Binge Media patrons will get access to the full binge, the BingeCast four-hour show on a private RSS feed, and they'll get it a full 24 hours before it hits the public RSS feed. Binge Media patrons also get other perks, so check us out at patreon.com slash bingemedia. Subscribe to the Binge Media Podcast Network at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now... 
The Full Binge.